Predacon stole the golden disc Maximals came after them And they crashed both their ships Landed on the earth with two moons They fought in the beast wars I mean, what else were they gonna do? War and beast War and beast We talk about things like Energon and protoforms and sparks War and beast War and beast How the Maximals have no in-game And Megatron's not smart War and beast War and beast War and Megacycles in the design and decacycles in the assembly. This is the Warren Beast Podcast. I'm Greg. I'm John. I'm Jordan. And I'm Kendall. And this week we're reviewing, we're reviewing <laughs> episode 13, Dark Designs. Interesting episode, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll save our thoughts on that for, for the end. Yeah. But, uh, Definitely so. got my most mixed reaction like for myself. I, I'm glad that you guys said the same thing because I feel like I am the I'm the designated hater on this on this uh, podcast, which <laughs> is because I have such high res- regard for Beast Wars mm-hmm. that I can be so nitpicky. Like I, I think about so it's like like I'm not you know. It's the opposite of the of the teenagers with attitude effect where they're like where they're like, oh, this is, you know, this is all the storytelling, blah, 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 is so bad that so we have to appreciate the, the fact the, that we have to appreciate when they acknowledge that something in a previous episode happened. Like, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, the, the Stockholm syndrome, whatever. But it's like the reverse of that. So I just, you know, I want to establish I'm glad that I'm glad that you guys didn't think this was the greatest episode ever because. I think this was the uh, I, the one thing I will say because this is like my first, even like at the very beginning. I suspect that there was like a different animation team on this episode or something because this episode I, I, looked way worse than the last few episodes. That would make it, some sense. It could just be different director, honestly. That's true too. <laughs> well, I'm looking yeah, at the screen right now. It says directed by it says directed by Owen Hurley. So yeah. if we can look it up to see if he's directed other episodes. Yeah. Anyway. If only there was a website that would tell me that. <laughs> I don't know, man. It sounds I'll like check, magic's me. I'll check that. I'll I'll check that um after after I read the stuff off of um off of IMDB while Jordan's actually talking about the real trivia from the episode. <laughs> um so uh the IMDB trivia page uh Cheater Cheetor, of course, um is a racist when he says better dead than pred. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was like, I wow, dude. It's like communism slogan, better dead than pre- than red. So I mean, you know, I'm just saying, like, you know, he's um, that seemed a little offensive. No, Absolutely. totally. I, well, I knew you were gonna comment on that. Yeah, yeah. He did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well yeah, because you know, I mean it it may be it may be propaganda. But you know, there it's it's cleverly written propaganda. You know, you've got to have the you've got to have the your your token like uh, I don't know. 
I'm I'm who cares about that? I'm also sick, so you know. Awesome. We got two sick boys here. Two sick boys, one guy that's coming down coming from a con and me who went to a martial arts class this evening, so we're a fine bunch. Also also I was um I was up I was up late last night deciphering uh an email that I got from soup from uh future Kendall. Uh, oh, yes. see the Teenagers with Attitude Facebook page for uh more information. Yeah. Um uh, <laughs> So in Japan, the episode is titled Rhinox Obear or Rhinox Rampages. And I will say, um, when I gla- at first glance, when I read that, I thought it said Rhinox Obamacare. Which- <laughs> I was going to say Rhinox Obear. Wait, he's a rhino, not a bear. Are you, are you sure it's not Rhinox, Rhinox Obare? I don't speak Japanese. Probably an A in there after. How, how is it? How is O-A-B-A-R-E. it spelled? O a b a r e. So you're probably yeah, so right. Obare. 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 Yeah. <laughs> I tried this. We were, I was watching Sailor Moon, and I tried to sing the closing theme in uh, Japanese the other day. And two things happen when I try to sing Japanese. Either I sound really racist. <laughs> Because I, I was I, this one I was like I ended up I was like bing bong bing ding ding ding. Yeah, that's pretty racist. Wife, so I pointed pretty that racist. out, and ever since then she does it on every single every single time just to make fun of me for it. <laughs> and then, or the other thing I do is I start speaking Spanish, which uh, <laughs> because it's because oh, if if you guys if anybody else half knows a language, Greg, I'm sure you half know French. I don't um, even half know French. No. But like do you do you ever like if you're if you're reading something that's like in a completely other language, like start doing your fake French accent? You know <laughs> like in our heads? I don't know. Like if you're reading it out loud, I don't know. Oh, I just don't really I don't I'm I mean, I would probably try to like have an accent as I say it and be wrong, but I don't know if I do like a you don't, oh wee 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 mon ami. You don't, you don't <laughs> drift into I because that's what that's what happens with me. Like I drift into because of like I know I'm speaking a foreign language and the foreign language that I have spent time studying is Spanish. So Makes I sense. sort of drift into the uh like the way the phonetic sounds and accent and stuff. And then at you know at some point when I'm doing it with Sailor Moon, if I have no idea what the thing is, I'll be like you know donde está la biblioteca. But anyway, um, so uh, you, that's... you wonder if people from other countries do that. Like, I mean, you've you've heard other people do American accents and stuff. But do you ever right. wonder if, like, they'll start reading something in English and then they'll just imagine like Morgan Freeman's voice as they read it? <laughs> Possible. <laughs> I actually saw a tweet recently that was a that was a bunch of uh, videos of like, uh, like one of them, for instance, was like K-pop stars read out female English names and laugh because they're trying to like figure out the the how to pronounce them and everything like and i think the in the context of the tweet was saying like like they're doing like um how white people do that to other people all the time we'll try to like say and be like oh what's so funny this weird language they're doing it to us and it's kind of cute yeah. <laughs> uh, when uh when i was in high school there was a foreign exchange student a spanish foreign exchange student uh from like like I want to say Venezuela for some reason, but I'm probably making that up. Uh, but uh, he actually did what Americans who are like think they're sophomorically funny uh, when they're learning, you know, foreign languages and learning like dirty phrases. He would learn dirt like super dumb dirty phrases and like come in and say, "I mean, you know, be like a but 
(laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But uh, anyway, immediately following saying that he is shrapnel, Waspinator claims that he is Wonko. Wonko the Sane. uh, (laughs) And salutes the audience. Wonko the Sane was a fictional character created by Douglas Adams. It is also a pseudonym of Benson Yee, Beast Wars script consultant, which, uh, Jordan, you knew a little bit more yeah. than th- that about yeah, that line. Yeah. You want to extend on that, expand on that? Yeah, so Ben Yee uh, was like a, like a kind of back on the old Usernet forums of Alt Toys Transformers, which was still around in the 90s, so, you know... Yeah. Just to, uh, just to explain to to some of the the kids yeah. in the audience here, before there was high speed internet, most of us had to use a fifty six or even a twenty four or thirty three six modem <gasps> to connect to the internet, and most of the time it was two different what we called BBSs or or dot nets to which was like a collective of information, and you had like different subgroups and. It was bad. It was very bad. Yeah, but all toys Transformers was better than the mailing list they had before that. So that's very true. <laughs> but well, yeah, it was, um, it was bad. But it also was like I mean that was really it did a lot for of the sort of precursor precursor to the the nerd culture and the nerd communities that have have developed over the years. I mean that was you know. People for the first time ever, people could could talk. People in the Washington D.C. could talk to people in Los Angeles about and argue about who is who's better, Captain Picard or Captain Kirk. Yes, yeah, which is you know, which like, is cool. And I mean, and since then, you know, obviously, the internet, uh, you know, had had developed, you know, evolved into forums and then social networking and all that stuff. So good times. I yeah. just want to say, and, you said it was bad. I don't think it was as bad because oh. I didn't experience it until the late 90s when it was better. It's, it's oh, comparatively I mean, I, bad, I, I, but there was cool stuff back then. Like, I mean, yeah. there is. I remember, like, talking to people on Final Fantasy headquarters and shit like that. Like, yeah, I mean, there was there was some cool stuff, like looking up Dragon Ball Z stuff. Like, yeah, the internet was, wasn't as good as it is now, but it wasn't. It was cool for the time, obviously. And... I meant bad as in like how hard it was to actually get you know uh, information, talk to people, and like time wise, yeah. as opposed to the instantaneous and well, relatively instantaneous and stuff that we've got now. And also, not bad, like being yeah. able to actually be online all the time, whereas yeah. some of us only had about twenty hours of internet per month. Get off the internet. I want to make a phone call. <laughs> that was my house for a good chunk in the 90s. Anytime someone had to make a call, it would disrupt whatever you were doing on the computer. Yep. <laughs> I don't know what voice uh, I just did, but it was fun. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, Ben Yi was like one of the uh, more prolific uh, posters to that form. And when, and, you know, they when the announcement of Beast Wars cartoon was there, they they were one of the places that, you know, post a lot and talked about. I might have been where uh, Truck Not Monkey got started, and some people were like, but saw the episode, like, but it's good, and, and yeah. chatter and stuff. And so the writers... That must have been when it started, because, I, I mean, like, so. a, a mailing list, they're not going to have a big debate like that. <laughs> like, it's got to be on the internet. And uh, the writers of Beast Wars, uh, let's see, is what's their names? Uh, Larry Detilio? Is that her? Or Tiflo? 
I think it's Dottilio. Dottilio. Yeah. Yeah. And Bob Forward basically would actually frequently on the forum uh, talk to Ben Yee and the other fans and uh, and basically like, you know, use them as consultants for when they wanted to make references or like what they think a modern version of Transformers would have and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, and in fact, Ben Yee actually helped them uh, heavily on the last three episodes of the second season, like the 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 agenda season finale. Yeah. And so you're saying they got like people who managed fan stuff to be like their consultants for lore yes. and stuff like that. That is so freaking cool. Yeah. <laughs> See, there's hope for us yet. Uh, and he's he's uh, gone on to do other stuff. Like he's worked with uh, Simon Furman for the IDW's Beast Wars source book, and I th- think he has a like a it might might be down. I'm not sure. A Transformers website that has uh, a dedicated like a dedicated Transformers site, and which also hosts episode scripts for Beast Wars. Okay. Hmm. That yeah. That just makes me think of like back in the day, like when I was a little kid, and I'd be like explaining the entire intricate plot of Gundam Wing to like a family <laughs> member, <laughs> and like my mom being like, "You remember all that stuff, but you can't remember your schoolwork." And I'm <laughs> and, and I'm just thinking like that could have been a job for me. <laughs> I also if I, if, I, also I, if just... I was like this guy and I did Transformer <laughs> stuff, I could have gotten a job for just being a huge nerd. It's like, does school have giant battling robots with laser swords, Mom? (laughs) No. Does it? (laughs) I also wanted to to mention that uh, all all Toys Transformers is also the one where many of the Phantom terms are originated from, Hmm. which I don't know how well-versed people who listen to this are or aren't, because it depends on where they are, but they've... uh, basically brought into existence the terms like alternate mode, kibble, and seeker. So, you know, if you don't know what those terms are, you know, it's not anything wrong or anything like that, but it is kind of interesting to look them up, and you'd be surprised how much they're actually used now in just general, like, back and forth. Like, I'm pretty sure I've actually heard people when talking about Transformers toys use the term kibble a lot. See, until you had mentioned it to me, I had never heard that term before. But it makes sense to me now that, like, yeah, after we talked about it. Should we explain what it is? Because I think we did that off air. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, kibble's basically the little bits that basically stick out uh, when the ro- on the robot form. Like, so you have, like, an airplane, and when it transforms, it's got, like, wings sticking out of its back. That's considered kibble. Or, like a car that transforms and like for some reason on his shoulder is the side side view mirror. So it's basically like things that just stick out that are just kind of not exactly part of the robot, but part of its uh, disguise. Yeah. Sort of like filler. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, those parts of the, of the disguise got to go somewhere, right? <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. Unless it's like Optimus's trailer and then it's, we get into a whole <laughs> That's true. other realm of stuff that, <laughs> That's that's a whole other thing. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like on the toys, like you had the trailer, and it, you, yeah, you just kind of like moved it aside, and it, it did open up and have this like kind of battle station thing going on. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> for the toys, I'm saying like it's kind of hard to avoid that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's true. 
so just a little bit about Wonko the Sane, the the, the Douglas Adams character, because I when you, you said it was a Douglas Adams character, I was like, I don't remember who that is. But now I'm reading about it, and he, I totally remember who he is. Yeah, um, he he came in the was it the third or fourth book? Um, so it was in So Long and Thanks for All the Fish, I believe, is what it says, which is yeah. the fourth book actually. Okay. Which is weird because I never finished the fourth book. That would explain but I totally remember this character. He must have been Yeah. Must have been in the beginning of the fourth book. Um but and I can't find the the uh exact quote that introduces him, but I I love it. It's like there's like an internal monologue because he's um his whole thing is that he he wants he has a very high bar for truth. Mm-hmm. And he's like he was like what did I was I was I just outside earlier? Well, there's there's um there's footprints that lead from the door to where I am now, and there's mud on my shoes, and there's memories of it in my mind. That's hardly conclusive proof. <laughs> um, and basically his his uh, his thing is that he uh, he was on Earth Mark Two. Oh, of course, Earth Mark Two. Yeah, of course it was so long. And thanks yeah. for all the fish because that's when Earth Mark Two shows up. Yeah. Uh, and uh, which is which is uh, re- you should read Hitchhiker's Guide. <laughs> um, but his uh, his whole thing was that he believed that the whole world had gone insane, and so he created a small f- house with four walls, which he called outside the asylum, and he referred to any any place that was beyond his four walls in the universe as the asylum, where all the crazy people are. Um, He's a very Douglas Adamsy character, and I'm very excited to that. There's anytime there's a connection to Douglas Adams that isn't for the, just the number forty two, I get really excited. <laughs> yeah, all like the really well known references. If it's something that's a little more obscure, it's pretty yeah, yeah, yeah anything, pretty cool. I mean, with yeah, with Douglas Adams, anything besides like I'm to the point now where I'm kind of tired of forty two. Like well, I can imagine, least, you know, at least if you're going to do a number that means something, make it like. Like I kind of still like when the Arrowverse uses fifty-two, or when I like that actually a lot. Um, I I think it could easily get, or when or when I see forty-seven, which is the Star Trek number that you'll see everywhere if you watch Star Trek. I kind of I I still can appreciate that, but um, but yeah, forty-two is just a, it's it's uh, a little bit oversaturated. Mm-hmm. But um, I did I did some uh, research. Owen Hurley, who directed it, uh, this episode, it was his first episode of four. Oh. Um, and uh, the other ones, it looks like it's like one a season. He did Possession in 1997, The Agenda Part 2 in 1998, and Deep Metal in 1998. So, um, yeah, mm. so this was a different, although it does look like most of the episodes are were uh, directed by different people. Mm-hmm. So, huh. which Hold is on. A- that that's not Actually, uncommon, right? But anyway. but it does it does sort of speak to the um the limit like this episode kind of I think does exemplify the limitations of of not having a consistent creative team. Yeah, yeah, and I, again, I think this is off air when we talked about it, but like the reason we bring up the director is because we felt like this episode was like off mm-hmm. from some of the other ones. Yeah, Let's yeah. I think we said Actually, it off I air. was. I was just double checking those episodes he's directed, and uh, it's like those three episodes have a lot of G one references in them. Mm. Especially the agenda part two. 
Yeah. Hmm. Well, that's cool about him because I, I enjoyed that yeah. part of his episode. Yeah, which we'll get into with, or or, or unless we have with more trivia if we have it, or we should. I, it, get into- yeah, I've just got I've got a couple more. These last these last two are pretty quick. Okay. So apparently, while Waspinator is driven insane, he briefly atir- appears to be um, touching Black Arachnia's right chest plate. So, <laughs> <laughs> chest plate, huh? <laughs> apparently. So that's what the um, are calling. And it also, days. I guess this plot, uh, the concept of Rhinox being reprogrammed by Megatron only to attempt to overthrow him later, is um, revisited in Beast Machines. That's true. Yeah. Also, way to spoil the episode. <laughs> and Beast Machines. <laughs> oh, Waspinator, when he's when he thinks he's shrapnel, he says more than meets the eye before blacking out. Yeah, that's yep. cute. Um, <laughs> anyway, he also that's the insect. Oh, and there's a there's a Raiders of the Lost Ark reference. Yeah, sure is. Optimus does his dazzling display of swordsmanship uh, to Megatron, who blasts him in response. So yeah, some yeah. of these trivia we could probably just, just get to in the episode, <laughs> yeah, it sounds well, like. <laughs> this is, this is hey, this is my thing. I wonder if when they were filming it, if Megatron had explosive diarrhea, and that's why they, they did that scene. Oh. That it's probably, probably the case. That would explain why he like just randomly stands off to the side when he's when he instead of fighting uh, Rhinox, for those not aware, the reference that Kendall is making is when they were making Raiders of the Lost Ark. The reason that Indiana Jones shoots the guy with the sword is because Harrison Ford had actually been suffering from severe diarrhea the entire time. So rather Jesus. than going into this big elaborate battle that was supposed to go on for scenes, they're like, "Ah, eh, screw it, just have him shoot him," and that well, wound up being that. in the movie. I That's heard. one of the one of the best parts of the movie is yep. that. So, well, you I know, I like mean, part, part Steven Spielberg isn't actually a good director. He just gets lucky. I mean, he's like, <laughs> he's like, oh yeah, I got this great idea for this movie about a shark, and then, and then they're like, oh, the shark alien. doesn't work. Okay, well, I guess we'll shoot around it. And that's the whole so, reason that Jaws is good is that you don't version. hardly see the shark at all. Well, he, 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 his luck is pretty good then because he made quite a few movies that were like considered pretty good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, that's true. What what I was trying to say is that I heard one version of that that story is that um, the cast and crew didn't exactly actually know that they were going to do that, like that, or that he was sick. Yeah. And Harrison Ford literally was just there with with a gun with a with a blank in it, mm-hmm. and he's like, I, I I can't do this fight, and just shot him, and the guy was just. A good enough uh, uh, improv actor that he's like, oh, I guess they changed it and just acted like he got shot and fell down. And yeah. they were like, we'll keep that. Yeah. <laughs> the the thing that I had heard was that they had this elaborate battle planned, like all yeah. this stunt stuff, and that because of his diarrhea, that they just completely tossed it aside. But they very well could have done that too. So. But anyway, we got an episode to get to. That's right. That's right. One one well, comment about diarrhea got you guys talking about poop for five minutes. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> All right. I was I was going to ask if you had any more trivia to talk about, Kendall. Nope. That's that's, uh, that's all we got. There's probably yeah. I think there's there's some goofs here, but the goofs are usually dumb. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. So, just 
there's uh, some interesting ones on the TF wiki. Uh, for one thing, uh, there was a neat there's a neat continuity note where it talks about how Megatron mentions he must have underestimated and, and then reminds how he got his his ass handed to him in last episode. So <laughs> yeah, it's kind of wondering why he didn't think about that. Yeah. Um, but you know, uh, there's a lot of Transformers G1 references thanks to Waspinator hit to the head. And uh, if you don't know, when he calls himself Shrapnel, that's an Insecticon, a, a certain type of Decepticon that was, you know, from the Generation 1 st- stuff. And actually, Black Arachnia at one point says that the Great War three, occurred three centuries ago. Yep. So this is the first time that we get an actual kind of time placement of where this is in relation to generation one yeah that is another thing that she mentioned i was i was gonna say it when we got there but might as well just say it now i really like how she referred to shrapnel the decepticon hero from the war yeah decepticon hero i like that a lot <laughs> yep and apparently uh uh shrapnel also had a voice tick of basically saying like the last syllable or word of things mm-hmm. so he when did, he was yeah. going to so when he was going around saying like destroy all Autobot bot bots kind of thing like that, he was actually uh, uh, mimicking that voice tick. Yeah, yep, that's um, true. I think actually, there's now that I think about it. So three centuries later, that would put it around twenty four hundred A.D. Because the so, movie itself happened around two thousand one, if I remember correctly. In universe, yeah. And I th- so then you mean twenty three hundred? <laughs> yes, sorry. three centuries. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And I think the other one, other last good, just interesting note here is that for some odd reason they never made a toy of evil Rhinox. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking that when I was. Wa- I mean, I, when I was watching it, because I feel like Beast Wars is not one of those things that they have made a toy. Like it's not like it's not like you know, something where they've made a toy of every single scene of the show. Yeah, you'd think that, but uh, they made one of Transmute. Um, well, I mean, and I mean, plus, like, they're kind of into doing recolors already, so mm. it would have just kind of fit. Like, oh, here's an oh, excuse yeah, to sell a toy already, again. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they already, had, it is, is they a already had a color. black rhino with a gold horn. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's a purple rhino in this. I mean... <laughs> Yeah, what, he's like you know you get what I, you take what I was I was I was saying but I will say will say he looks really cool like I felt like I'm that's like that's actually interesting that you said that I I was kind of wondering about that like they could de- that's definitely the kind of thing that they would make as like a con exclusive yeah but I as far as um they did not actually do that like they have made it a con exclusive even oh, yeah I, yeah that's right they did do mirror unis- universe ones. Shattered glass. Oh, yep. I was gonna say shattered glass. Oh, wait, they actually did. I was just making that up. No, no, no. There, there is, there is a mirror, and I think, I think part of it is uh, kind of a joke to the whole mirror universe from right. from Star Wars. But there is a whole alternate so- reality called shattered glass in the Transformers continuity. It's mostly they give out things during uh, Transformers conventions, but it's like basically Rodimus Prime is evil and 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 corrupt and wants to take over the world, and it's only um, Megatron's brave band of uh, Decepticons against him. Yep. Now, Jordan, I'm sure you just misspoke, but just because if I heard a podcast say this, I would yell. Yeah. Um, 
The Mirror Universe is Star Trek, not Star Wars. Oh, sorry. Sorry. I, yeah. I, I, I heard you try to, like, correct them, and you were like, eh, I'm Caleb. <laughs> sorry. I just, 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 and, yeah, and I misspoke. I, if we were just, hey, I could tell you misspoke. I just, I just, if I was listening to this podcast, I would, I would, uh, I would, I would be yelling at the podcast. <laughs> I was like, mother. I'm not even saying I'm not even saying that one of our listeners would. I'm just saying, like, if at some point I decide to listen to the podcast, then I would, you know, yell at it. No, I mean, like, I've done the same thing. Like, I was listening to, like, I do it all the time. Like, I was listening to the Adventure Zone, uh, but one of their bonus episodes, Adventure Zone Nights, they had the char- character on the group is playing a monk, and monks in fifth edition can. When they make a weapon attack with a monk weapon or an unarmed attack, they can make a bonus action to do another unarmed attack. And he's like, he's using his quarterstaff one-handed because he's he's like, oh, I won't be able to do an unarmed strike if I wield it in two hands, which would do more damage. And I'm like, you have legs! You can kick! You don't, you don't have to! No! And I didn't like verbally say that, but in my head I'm like, ah! Yeah, there are, there are, um... Monks can pod- kick! There are podcasts that I have stopped listening to because they get, like, obscure facts about comic books wrong too often. <laughs> so... Yeah, I didn't stop listening, but I was internally screaming. Right, right, right. No, no, no. There's a certain amount of it that you can just yell, and and also like like uh, Star Wars in character is. A, I haven't listened to them a lot recently, um, but they're it's a good, it's one of the best Star Wars podcasts out there. They talk about an obscure character every week, um, and uh, and like they they have enough hosts with a wide enough breadth of knowledge where they'll be discussing something. They'll be like, well, why did this happen in the movie? It's a total plot hole. And I'll be like, no, actually, that's not a plot hole because blah, 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 blah. And then, like, 30 seconds later, one of the hosts will say, well, blah, 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 exactly what Kendall said. You know, so. <laughs> and another thing, too, is it's like what I was saying, it's fifth edition. Like, it's the edition where you can have a dude with a great sword cut someone and then make a second attack his crossbow against someone else. Like, it doesn't. You're saying you can't go from one ha- two-handed attack and then one-handed punch? Like, come on, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so this there episode we starts. We to this episode. <laughs> yeah. We're like hey man, 30 minutes in and we haven't even cool. talked about the episode. Yeah. <laughs> we did talk about the episode. We talked about the trivia of the episode. Well, <laughs> yeah, we, we're so splitting episode, hairs now. With the Ryan, <laughs> turn of Ryan Ox's tricorder. <laughs> Which I was yeah. sober when I watched it this time. Yes. So I did see the the Rhinox tricorder. Yeah. Yeah. We it's open up on a on a sort of a, a mountainous area. We've got it, the the camera pans to uh, the Maximals, all of the Maximals except for Tigatron, because we never know where Tigatron goes the rest of the time. He's just out there somewhere. He's banging. Well, he's a white tiger, so he probably feels best in the snow. That's what. That's how it works, right, John? <laughs> Yeah, totally. Yeah. Absolutely. Anyway, we we uh, we cut to to Rhinox who is using his his little Rhino tricorder on his arm again. Second episode in a row that we're seeing this, and he makes mention of now we're losing the reading. There's Energon here, but it's too deep to access. Dead end. And then we get Optimus who sort of makes mention that well, as far as dead ends go, at least this one has a view. Which I love that line. Yeah. It's like Optimus is being the optimist. 
And then we get... So, uh, oops, sorry, go ahead. Uh, well, I'm just like... So they're looking for Energon. Like, it doesn't... I don't quite understand why they would be looking for Energon. Like, they could be trying they to need, map the regions. Maybe they just need some, like, stable Energon for the... For the comm batteries. I don't know. <laughs> right, but, right. Yeah. I mean, is their power source? It just seems like... Like, when the Predacons are looking for Energon, it's because they came to this planet to look for Energon. With the Maximals, it's it's not as clear. It also, I think it would help if they actually did find some stable Energon and ever used it for anything. Because mm-hmm. it's, ve- it's such a vague... I mean, I like it as... I really like it as a plot device, but, but it just... It would have been... Would have been, maybe a little more uh, exposition in this scene would have you know they've been like oh yeah there's no energon oh well I guess we're gonna have to I thought we had a stable source but I guess we're gonna have to keep looking for a stable source of energon to power the microwave or something you know <laughs> <laughs> I really need those hot pockets guys <laughs> yeah rat traps getting tired of eating apple cores yeah he's also just more- moving one step up to hot pockets. <laughs> So, Were you chuckling because of what I said, or or hot pockets? Both. <laughs> I did not hear what you said, so why don't you say it again? I said Baltimore when you said Apple Cork because of a very obscure Disney cartoon. <laughs> okay, I didn't get okay. that either. I think I got yeah. messed up in the Skype recording. I did not get the reference. Whatever, but that's okay. It's an old, it's an old Donald Duck, Chip, and Dale co- cartoon. Yeah. Oh, okay. Which they actually made the same joke in a Johnny Bravo cartoon when he was palling around with Scooby Doo. Johnny Bravo, okay. Scooby Doo. Yes. They 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 did a Johnny Bravo did a Scooby Doo parody episode where they actually were the Scooby Doo characters were uh, in uh, like in the show like full on it was them because oh, cool. Johnny Bravo is a Hanna Barbera property. Right, right, right. No, it's all, I mean it makes sense. Okay. It's just, I don't think of it as a. I don't think I don't think of those that era of of things uh, being crossing over, and also I don't yeah. think of. Scooby Doo as like being created at that time, like it was. Oh, the, the Scooby Doo was mostly like before or after, or like maybe the, there probably was stuff at that Scooby time. Scooby Doo has never died. Yeah, <laughs> Once it was great. It has been and always will be. Yeah, which actually, <laughs> and, and they're also the, the king of crossovers. Really, if you actually watch the Mystery Incorporated season, that kind of actually is true. Yeah, anyway, I mean, anyway, I, yeah. we need to get back on topic. Yes. We are going off on too many tangents, <laughs> too many. That's the title: Too many we're, tangents. We're just ready for being the host of Teenagers with Attitude, Greg? Yes, exactly. <laughs> Anyways, I'm taking the reins. So, okay, we we get uh, Rod Trap, who uh, basically says, "You mean we've been stomping around all day and we got nothing to show for it except for enjoying the scenery?" He's like, "What else we do we have to look forward to today?" Just as he says that, we get a missile that explodes right behind Cheetor and sends him into a wall. And we, yeah, yeah, I was gonna say as, and as soon as he said like his neck. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like look I, at I that gonna... scene. His head's completely turned around like an owl. Yeah, no, totally. But I was gonna say, like, as soon as he said, like, what else would you look forward to? I'm like, cue Decepticon. I mean, cue Predacon attack. Yeah, yeah. Like, and it was it was so obvious that was gonna happen. <laughs> and sure enough, we get Chihor who turns around. and says, "You had to ask, didn't you?" And then, very astutely, uh, Optimus is like, "Predacons up there!" And then he transforms, and we get Megatron saying, "Nowhere to run and no place to hide." Yes. 
And then he gets his normal line of obliterate them. Megatron says yes a lot in this episode. Yeah. Yeah. And some other people do too. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And yeah, and then the screen gets really shaky. Oh my God. It is like a Michael Bay movie. (laughs) And and there's flashes everywhere. And like, it's, it's crazy. Like it's a shaky cam battle. Yes. You the, mean the you mean like the Bay movies are like this because clearly this came first and therefore <laughs> True inspired. Enough. It's true. Michael Bay, this is the only episode of Transformers he ever saw and he assumed that this is what it was like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, really no, it's like this, right? <laughs> there was nothing before Beast Wars. <laughs> yeah, like, if you do watch this episode is an epilepsy warning because, like, when Rhinox shoots his gun towards the camera, it's like fl- 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 flash. Like, it's really crazy. Like, a lot of visual stimuli yeah. in the scene. It's almost like one of those those spoofs of Japanese cartoons that you might see on The Simpsons. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I felt like, I felt like this fight scene and the other fight scenes, like, there. This episode is like kind of a microcosm of the oh uh, oh you're watching that thing that you enjoyed. Oh, I wonder how the special effects are going to hold up. Oh, I wonder how the writing's going to hold up, and you're afraid it's not going to. I feel like this episode, more than especially more than the last few episodes, which I thought like really like stepped up the visuals. Mm-hmm. This episode, there are several scenes that are like brighter and just really, really, really look like a PlayStation game, mm-hmm. like or a PlayStation worse. One game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It. Uh... It did. This is probably of all the episodes that we've watched. I'll get to it at the end, but yeah, this isn't a great episode, I think. So, cutting to this multi-cut, shaky cam, hard to keep track of what the hell is going on battle. uh, All of a sudden, Optimus says, "We need a diversion," and he's like, "Cover me!" And he activates his jets. He flies up. What would you say? Like maybe six feet. If that, if that, and then he gets shot in the chest and lands on the ground. It's like he just jumped up. Yeah, it's like I'm yeah. gonna jump closer to the gunfire. Sure this this it. battle, this battle is kind of weird because the last, I feel like the last few episodes in a straight fight, the Maximals have been good at fighting, mm-hmm. but like this, this doesn't seem like there's not like I mean they kind of surprised them. I, did they actually shoot at them before announcing themselves yes, for once? They did. They did. So, yeah. So, so I mean, I guess they're kind of caught flat-footed, but it really seemed like, like, uh, like, like. I mean, Megatron even says, like, it shouldn't be this easy. That's true. Yeah. He does. And then he's like, "Well, no, you know, don't look a gift horse in the mouth." Yeah. Because last yeah. time we did that, they started the Beast Wars. So. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. The. And, and then and then Rhinox, of course, is shooting, and Cheetor's like, "Why aren't you shooting at the people?" Yeah, Cheetor's like, "You're you're missing them by a parsec." God damn, the camera's so ridiculous in that part too. Like it's going yeah. left and right, like swinging wildly. Like this is the shakiest, shaky cam I've seen in the last like little while. Like, <sighs> yeah, we have we have Dinobot and Rat Trap arguing about what to do about the battle. Dinobots, like, charge at them. Rat Trap's, like, run away. Optimus is still out of it. Cheetor's like, Rhinox, what the hell are you doing? You're, you're not hitting hitting anything. And then we cut back to Megatron, who's, like, closed the file on Optimus Primal and delete. Burn. Yeah. 
And then finally, <laughs> we, we see what Rhinox has been doing because he's been shooting his chain gun off and sort of absently, it, well, what it seems like absently uh, towards some rocks above the, the Predacons. Finally, it zooms in. It, did you know? Did anybody else think that they just replayed that same sequence of Rhinox shooting the gun like two or three times in? This yeah, battle? yeah, like yeah. It, it seemed like the it. one that the, the one that causes seizures. Yeah, that yeah. one. Battling seizure robots. Yeah, and so <laughs> they were, they have it show like two or three times, and finally they zoom to like actually show that the bullets are hitting something. And happen to knock some rocks down and and sort of squish the the Predacons for the time being. And, and this is this is like this little bit of the episode is is like very exemplifies like because I actually think the writing in this episode is actually kind of clever because I mean the reason that it seems that the Predacons are you know I'm I'm answering my own question from 45 seconds ago the reason that it seems like the Predacons are winning is that. One of the Maximals is playing a is playing a long game, yeah. you know. He's sort of not not backing everybody up, and so you, you know. But but man, the animation is bad because <laughs> like, he's, uh, if if he's if he's shooting something to like, I mean, he's just shooting the side of the mountain. It doesn't like the there's not a pile of rocks that he's shooting the the you know, the ledge of the cliff to make him fall off. He's just randomly shooting the side of the mountain. And then it's not even like the mountain collapses on him. It's like some rocks fall from above. Yeah. yeah. And it just, it just seems very, I don't know. It's like they knew that most of their audience was eight year olds at six in the morning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I, I, I kind of thought maybe like a spire would fall down on top of them and he was cutting it from the rock. But like you said, it's just, just random rocks fall down and yeah. And, yeah, like and like you said, the the writing this episode is like, it's it's like the best worst thing because there's so many parts that are like, that's really clever, and other parts that are like, that's really out of character and stupid uh-huh. and what. <laughs> so from here, once they they manage to to get the Predacons out of the way, uh, Rhinox transforms, and it's weird because his gun like just disappears. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like the animation is so bad in this episode. Yeah, like even the transformations just yes. look really janky. Yeah. Really janky because like you see him transform and the gun just sort of disappears on the bottom of the screen and you don't know what happened to it. It goes up into like his stomach, I think, if I remember right. Like that gun really, it's uh, the amount that it disappeared um, on the toy. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't even know it was part of the toy mm-hmm. at first like i was like what are these what is this because like the 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 blade goes in one spot and the and the mace things go off to the side and then and then the uh, and then the main base of the gun goes i think into his stomach but like i mean it basically disappears and you tra- and you it's one of the things like you can transform him and just leave the gun inside of him yeah but that's but, yeah, you, you can you can you can infer where the gun went, but it doesn't look yeah. good. Yeah. Well, but, yeah. I'm. Yeah, you're probably. Yeah, you're right. I would probably. Well, yes, I agree. But like, even in this scene, they don't even infer it. Like, you see him sort of wiggle his hand, like you see him do when he transforms, mm-hmm. and he starts to transform, and then his hand sort of gets cut off on the bottom of the screen. Yeah. You never actually see where the gun goes. So, like, it makes you think that oh, okay, he he dropped his gun. 
Well, we'll get to a piece of the character missing that bothered the crap out of me for most of the episode in a, in a little bit. Um, well, that's a foreshadowing. Yeah. But yeah. So, so he transforms. Um, the, the one good thing I did like about this episode is that we see Rhinox actually sort of take charge. And <laughs> it, it's almost like it's carried over from the last episode because, uh, all of the Maximals transform back into their beast modes. Rhinox starts giving orders, uh, essentially t- telling Dinobot to take the lead. Rattrap and Cheetor help Optimus, and he's like, and I'll cover the rear. And Optimus sort of comments saying, well done, old friend. Steady nerves and quick thinking. And Rhinox is like, well, it comes with the job description. He's like, Optimus is like, well, I'm serious. If you ever wanted to, you make one prime leader. And Rhinox is like, Thanks, but uh, I'll leave that sort of thing to you. He's like, I'd rather just, you know, tag along behind and smell the flowers. And these are the kind of things we've been saying about Rhinox, like this whole podcast, that yeah. he's like super capable and, and would be a great leader, but he just doesn't want to. Yeah. He's yeah. just, he's just, it's, it's too much for him. He's just like, I don't, I don't need that stress. Yeah. <laughs> also, as much as I don't like the visuals of this, he looks re- he looks a lot like Eeyore in a lot of these shots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I think, I think it's there's some element of intentional that he, he's, he, they do, they are kind of intentionally making him look like Eeyore. Because that seems like the kind of thing that's in a, it's a, a I don't want to go so far as saying it's a trope, but it's like, I mean, that is a character from children's things. And this is a children's things. And his voice kind of sounds like Eeyore and he kind of has the mannerisms and he's got the random times where he like sprawls out like a rhino, a rhinoceros is as far as I know, they don't like sprawl out very often like that in a, in a stuffed animal style way. Um, So I think, I think it probably was intentional, at least as intentional as all the Star Trek references. (laughs) (laughs) So we we get the Maximals going off. We cut to uh, back up on the cliff, and we've got Tarantulas who's climbing over the rocks, and he starts moving them aside and reveals because he got out of the way. Yes, he saw what was going to happen. Yeah. So he manages to to sort of uncover Megatron a bit, and Megatron's like the rhinoceros. I do believe I may have underestimated him. Yes. <laughs> and then he goes Maybe. on. To, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was gonna say maybe that beatdown he gave him last episode just knocked him, knocked it, knocked him so hard he has amnesia about it. Yeah, maybe some like short-term amnesia or something like that. Short-term memory loss. Maybe he like he's like okay, he's a bruiser, but he's not a thinker. Yeah, maybe that's true. That might have been that might. Yeah, only, he's only ever he's only been. ever. Yeah, sorry. He's only ever bruised him up before. He's never like shown tactical prowess to Megatron. Like we've seen it because it's like between um. It's kind of more in like moments where the Maximals are by themselves. Yeah, mm. yeah. The, I mean, the Predacons probably don't have very good intel on the Maximals since they're all dumb and they're all like, I mean, and and like they don't share information like well. There have been, I mean, and I mean, like the Maximals probably have halfway decent intel on the Predacons because they've got a Predacon on their team. Yeah, that's true. And, and more, more than that, these are a group of criminals. Mm who stole from a, mu- a museum or something and there's a there's a police report you know uh, a report on right. on the criminals they probably got sent to them 
and so they're a little bit more like infamous while the the maximals are like literally some random crew yeah 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 so so i mean yeah it would make sense like like uh you don't know you know as the you know as the yeah as the predacons they don't know the um extent that they don't know that you know they don't know that rhinox designed the security system mm-hmm. and stuff like that so that's that's interesting it's actually an interesting bit of like internal continuity uh, that you don't always get in these types of shows where it just sort of everyone assumes everybody knows everything. Mm-hmm. So from here, um, we cut to the the rest of the Maxwells are sort of further ahead. We've got Rhinox sort of lagging along behind. Like he said, he's holding up the rear, checking to make sure that there's nothing going on. He radios ahead that it appears to be clear and to keep going and that he'll catch up. Right after he says that Tarantula's nails him with a net and it's actually kind of surprising because you think pretty big rhino getting hauled up by a big spider (laughs) it's a pretty interesting feat and then you see rhinox freak out because tarantula starts climbing along the web and i think he sort of i think it's alluded to that he like sort of bites him and injects sort of cyber venom in him so this yeah. this just occurred to me. Does tarantulas have the proportion and strength of a spider? I I think guess. so, or at least. You, you... <sighs> I mean, you know that doesn't work, right? <laughs> like the, the, that's not how it works. <laughs> but, I'm just... but 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 I mean, yeah, it's a good joke. But I mean, I was gonna say, uh, why isn't Rhinox like radioing his team? Yeah, yeah, the whole that this scene is the bad. Like, I take back what I said about the good writing in this episode. That's what I was like, saying earlier is that it's it's so hit and miss. Like there's so many hits and there's so many misses. Like like he's literally just like at the end like he's it's not like he's miles and miles behind. Like he's no. I mean he's he's they turned the corner and I mean I guess if he has to radio he's he's 100 meters from him or whatever, but like they improve the radios, remember? Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, but like, what I mean, I mean, like that's the outside distance. Like he's there's no there's no way he's that far behind. He's just kind of bringing up the rear, yeah. And and they're just completely not paying attention, even though they just got jumped by a bunch of Predacons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's... although I guess he did get captured by Tarantulas, and maybe was Tarantulas. Was he in the fight? Because he was kind he of was, yeah. he, he was, was yeah. side, but, but, but like he didn't get disabled. Yeah. yeah, he kind of bugged out when he saw that the what Ronox was doing. Well, there was definitely shots of him <laughs> shooting his machine gun legs. I got that pun, Jordan. <laughs> he bugged uh, the, out. Ah, uh, I see. Ah, uh, making the face of that husky for the take that. You know that meme where yeah know, <laughs> jokes. I ate two pieces of string and they came out to get tied together. I shit you not. <laughs> I have, I have to send that into that. I think I mentioned a podcast that has dad jokes on it. I need to send that <laughs> into them. <laughs> so yes, we we uh, Rhinox is is rendered unconscious. We then cut to the dark side, and we see this contraption. Uh, it's got like four sort of 
lasers with a platform, and Rhinox is sort of like chained up on this platform, and we've got Megatron sitting in his chair high above, and he starts talking about uh, apparently the device is called the transmuter. As I alluded to at the start of the episode, apparently it's been megacycles in design and decacycles in the assembly. And he says, but infinitely <laughs> well worth the effort. And apparently not, as we'll see. Apparently. So just as he finishes saying that, we then cut to the Maximals who aren't outside the ship. I'd say they're, they didn't make it too far from where they were and realize that Rhinox was gone. Um, but we've got Rat Trap. I, Oops, sorry, go ahead. I was so worried this was going to be a moment of them being like, hey, where's Rhinox? But like, no, they already know he's gone. Yeah. I was so worried they are going to be like, what the hell, where'd he go? Yeah. Like, oh, damn it. <laughs> and we've even got Rat Trap sort of trying to do some tech work. And he's like, if I can just patch in, I can activate his comlinks. So apparently they can like turn on each other's comlinks, possibly. Um, Once again, using that. Uh, infinity pocket in his arm. Yes. Maybe he's maybe he's got maybe just rat trap has like kind of peeping tom like wiretaps on everybody. <laughs> he's he's the hacker. He can do anything the plot wants him to. Yeah. Yeah. One episode hack. he's the demolitions expert. The next episode he knows how to hack. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I guess at least at least they're giving him a job. Like mm. it's it seemed like in the first. The very early in the series, it seemed like he all he kind of did was the most useless of all of them. Mm-hmm. But now we all know Cheetor's the most useless. <laughs> <laughs> Even Cheetor kind of has a job; he can run real fast. Yeah. So like, there's I I like that I like that none of the Maximals are completely useless now. Mm-hmm. It's it's cool. Now they just gotta work on the Predacons. Yeah. I just want to note for the <laughs> listeners that whenever. Whenever Kendall calls the characters useless, I'm shaking my head. Just <laughs> <laughs> note that, listeners. So, as as Rat Trap's working to to activate the comlinks, we've got Cheetor who's saying, "I say we just go after him." And Optus is like, "Cool your circuits, Cheetor. First, we have to find out where he is." And then we get Rat Trap, who's managed to hack into Rhinox's calm. Um, and he, they overhear Rhinox saying, yeah. if, if you're going to finish me anyway, then do me a favor. Shut up and get on with it. That ass, Rhinox. Yeah. <laughs> and we get Megatron. We cut back to the dark side, and Megatron's like, finish you, Max. Well, no, I've only just started with you. And then I want to point out that Cheetor's got this like, oh, shit face. Yeah. As, a, as like Rhinox says that he's just kill me or whatever. Yeah. You know what just occurred to me? Like, why haven't they... I mean, and, and I know why, but I'm going to say it anyway. Um, why ha- Why haven't they... Like, if, if they can just... Like, if somebody gets captured and they can just, like, boop-de-boop-de-boop, let's overhear the, the bad guys monologuing. Like, you know, like, it's so they're... In effect, everybody's wearing a wire. Like, why haven't they done that before and do they ever will they ever do that again because that seems like because random character getting kidnapped is kind of a recurring thing i mean i guess this is a little bit different because maybe they tracked him to predacon territory or something so it's a shorter range but still seems a little little too useful and not used enough kind of thing Mm -hmm. unless there's you know unless there's a reason and that i don't yeah yeah. Mm. yeah. 
Consistency. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's just it's just like it's it's a it's a small thing, but it's also kind of a this is kind of a big thing. Like if they're able to do it, and it doesn't, and it's not treated like it's like it's this. Oh, I've got this experimental new new technique that I'm going to use where I hotwire my thing, and then we can hear we can hear what's going on there. It's like he just pushes some buttons in his in his arm, and I, do, like- I do just. Since we're narrating, I did just motion of me pushing buttons on my arm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm trying to like figure out when they could have used it before, because like when Cheetor was in the base, they didn't really know he was there until they thought he died. So I mean, they could have been like, "Let's check to see if he's really dead." Yeah. I guess they could have done that, but they might not have had the technology yet at that point. I mean, that was the episode they were trying to set right. up the comm station stuff. Um, well, and then the episode where Rat Trap gets captured, Rat Trap's the one that can hack it. So maybe they were like, "We can't do it without Rat Trap," and he's the one who's like, he like, wasn't even really captured. He was like, "I'm turning against you guys." Well, and you know what? You know what? They even specifically were listening in on Rat Trap. That's true. And then he shut up. Okay. Yeah, they were at certain was. parts, but not yeah. the whole time because Rat Trap started to like sneak around and. They, or they but like, even... but like in the as far as the let's listen to the bad guy monologue, they were actually listening in to, in on they it. They were, and so, then when Cheetor and Tigertron got captured in the probe, again, or I don't maybe Optimus broke into the ship in guerrilla warfare. They could have done it there too. I'm not sure if it would have been useful there. Right, you're right. Yeah, you're right. If you actually think about it, maybe it had. It just seems like a weird. It seems like a weird plot device. It would be good if they. It would be good if they're gonna use. If they use it here, it would be good if they use it again or they use something to the effect. As long as they don't, yeah, as long as they don't have an episode where, like, specifically that would have helped. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, then, I mean, you're right. Okay, you're right. See, this is, John, this is why you're on the podcast. <laughs> I point out plot holes and you fill them. I, I remember every little detail of everything because I'm crazy like that. <laughs> so, from um, here, um, Megatron sort of smashes his fist on a console on his chair and we get these machines shoot out this sort of energon purpley pink beam of light that hits Rhinox and we get Rhinox, you know, screaming quite a bit and the Maximals are sort of reacting like, oh my god, what's going on? And then uh, the first thing we notice is Rhinox's eyes are now apparently red. So... Rhinox well, is he got eyes. Normal, or you mean the rhino eyes? Yeah, yeah. The, his yeah, robot eyes rhino. are always red. Yeah. His robot eyes are yeah, always yeah. red, but his rhino eyes are. He turns red. purple too. He's purple and green. Yeah. So yeah, he he he's got those eyes, and apparently, even though I really like the combination of colors, by the way, purple and green. Yeah, it was different. I thought it wasn't too bad, but um, reminds me of Donatello. Hmm. But uh, so we get our first instance of Rhinox uh, using the terrorize command, and he transforms into his robot mode. Although for me, it looked okay. Is this going to be one of those blue dress, gold dress sort of things? So, John, you said it was it was green and purple, but did well, it... his 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 sorry, his robot parts are green, and his like right. Ry- not right that rhino parts are like purpley yeah okay yeah yeah but then the 
the parts on him that are normally gold colored are now silver colored. Like his, um, like where his tongue would be in his robot, like on his chest, that's normally gold, and now it's silver. Yeah, and, like, I, all I of the outlines actually, on his face. And he actually has, I think, some kind of outline on it under, around his eyes to give him like, yeah, like circles that is also slightly different. Yeah. Since in robot form, his eyes are normally red. They just they decided to do that. Mm-hmm. I think they're black. They're probably darker around his eyes. Mm. Something to that effect, but yeah. So, so there's there's some slight color changes there. Um, and the first thing that he because apparently he he manages to transform and break all of his bonds. So apparently he could have done that before he got trans turned into a, a predator. <laughs> um, but right after he transforms, he's like, "Afternoon, all. This a private club, or can anybody join?" And then. <laughs> Megatron's like, let me be the first to welcome you. Everyone meet our new Predacon. And of course, <laughs> the Maximals are listening in, and Cheetor's like, Rhinox reprogram as a Predacon? Oh, man. And this is the part where we get that you were talking about, Kendall, because Dinobot's like... Greg breaking up for everybody or just me? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I... Uh-oh. Can anybody yeah. hear me now? What? Yeah, I'm, I'm getting it? some... Break up too. Uh-oh. Yeah, Greg, we're 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 losing you. Oh no. Uh, yeah. Um, I think we're I think we're desynced a little bit too because I think we're talking over each other even more than we usually do. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> um. Do you want to re- uh, like restart pause the call? And re-pa- repart? I might screw up the recording. It won't. Re- it won't. Start, well, it won't start my recording because I'm using a completely independent thing. Okay. Okay. Yeah, let, let's pause for a second. We'll take a quick break. I'm going to try and fix my internet, and then we'll get back to it. <laughs> All right, sounds good. Okay. All right. Okay, we're back. Some minor technical difficulties involving certain individuals in my household deciding to use Netflix while I'm recording. So we've got that all fixed now. <laughs> Glad I'm not the only one. Yeah. So, <laughs> so yes, we, we're, we're back on schedule here. Um, we've got this exchange going on between Dinobot and Cheetor, uh, where Dinobot basically agrees, saying that indeed it is ominous if he has become a Predacon. It alters the balance of power. And Cheetor's like, I'm talking about what it does to Rhinox. And then we get that line that was alluded to earlier, better dead than Pred. Yep. And Dinobot just sort of looks at him for a minute. He's like, some of us have survived the experience for it all. That's really insensitive. <laughs> it's really insensitive. It's not the only time this happens. Like The end of the episode's yeah. pretty bad, too. Yeah. You'll see. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so... So they start to lose the the signal. Ratchop's like, I can't get it back. We're too far away, and there's too much interference. And they allude to that they're going to have to get closer to the base. 
and Cheetor again is like, yeah, real close, like, through the gates with lasers blazing. And Optus is like, negative, we don't have the forces for a full-scale assault. And Rattrap's like, yeah, but the kid's got a point, man, we can't just leave my pal there. Yeah. Because you know yeah. Yep. And Optus is like, oh, yes, we can, that's exactly what we're going to do. And Rattrap's like, oh, good. What? He's like, mm. you've got a few bugs in your systems directory? And Optimus sort of alludes to, no, but I've got a hunch that Megatron's bitten off a little more than he can really chew. Yes. No, he didn't say, he doesn't say bitten off more than he can chew. He oh, says, I've got a hunch for. that Megatron has bitten off more than he bargained for. Yeah. Which I was like, yes. no, that's not how you say <laughs> <Yeah>. that. <laughs> yeah. But don't forget that he goes, he does the Megatron yes after yeah, that. Yeah, he does. So that was uh-huh. to too. Yeah. So, and, and, you're right, you're right, John. You know what? Like, I don't know whether I love that or I hate it, because you don't <laughs> bit off more than well, you bargained for. But then he does, he looks at the camera and says, yes. And it's <laughs> great! Like, that, it's, it's like... What? Optimus? You got a few bugs in your systems directory? No. But I've got a hunch that Megatron's bitten off a little more than he bargained for. Yes. <laughs> maybe, he didn't say, maybe he didn't say more than he can chew because, you know, he has that Triosaurus Rex hand, and that can chew a lot. That would have made it a better joke. <laughs> anyway, yeah, but, uh, like, I'll throw the yes like in. Or, like, got than he bargained for or something. Like, don't say half of the metaphor. Yeah. That makes you sound really dumb. <laughs> yeah, it's and like, uh, I want to... Like a banana and get out of here. <laughs> I mentioned out of character things, and this is one of them a little bit. We're like, tactically, he makes the right decision here, mm-hmm. but as like, but Optimus doesn't always go tactically. He's more of like, you know, a good guy, lawful good dude, and he's like, I'm gonna let my friend be mind controlled for a while because yeah. it might help <laughs> us out, maybe. But he doesn't like, kind of kind of a dick move. I actually I agree with you on that. I think that uh, Optimus is really smart. No, he, that's what I said, though. It, tactically, it makes perfect sense. But, like, I, that's not Optimus. <laughs> I mean, this is the same guy that sent in Rat Trap when the whole team was convinced that he was about to tur- turn Predacon and didn't tell the rest of the team and and conspired with to send Rat Trap alone into the base. I mean, that I think, was weird, yeah. but this is... A, but that's, like... I mean, like, I'm trying to think of a less, I think of a better phrase for it, but this is like, I, it's like, tr- like actively going in and brainwashing him is a pretty, sh- is like, it, it's like, it's just might be too harsh of a word, and I'm sorry, but it's like mind rape, like it's not cool, like it's a really, really not cool, like I mean, yeah. that, and, and 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 like I get Megatron doing it, but like Optimus being fine with that. Like I'm surprised Rocks the end wasn't like, wait, so you just let me be like this shitty thing for like so that to see what would happen? Like I don't know. Like I don't know. I'm I'm like I'm yeah, I, well, I, I I hear what you're saying. I guess I didn't read it as as extreme as that like I mean it's reprogramming, I guess, but like I I I read it as 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 Optimus having faith in his friend. Yeah. Well, I mean, this uh, again tactically, but it's like he's letting him be in a state of like 
being like his his, his personality was forcibly changed. It, he's he's allowing him to stay in this state. And again, like I'm saying, like it is a good idea in terms of tactics. Ethically, it's not so cool. Mm-hmm. So I, so um, I'm trying to think, you know, because we're thinking you were were thinking like with what I was talk earlier. Um, has there been another time where Optimus made the st- strategic incorrect decision aside from like times when they beat the Predacons and di- then didn't press their advantage? Has there been another time where where maybe he made the strategically wrong decision in order to save someone? Last I mean, episode. I guess Dinobot. <laughs> yeah, like well, last that episode. That was because he, he was... thought Dinobot would die. And then there was the time when he went out to get to the pod before by blasting off. And when Dinobot was like, wait, let me scout ahead and 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 was pushing for that. And he's like, no time and got blasted. Yeah, I'm mean, like in media. I feel like mind control is kind of like glossed over a lot as being this like, oh, it's just a thing that happens. That's why maybe. But in reality, that's a really serious thing due to someone like look at Jessica Jones. Mm-hmm. Like that's yeah. like and that deals with like how, how fucked up it actually is to be able to control people's minds. Like Professor X is pretty fucked up in some ways too because of that. I, oh but yeah, there, this when is they found out what they control though because he wasn't enslaving him. He was just you uh, still like act. I don't know. He went into his head and changed him. Like I don't know. It's it's like it's not control. Well, you're right, but it's it's in the same realm. And I was gonna say coming at it from another angle, which might make it a little better is the fact that maybe he realizes that uh, now's not a good time to just grab him. Because then like, they have to try and figure out how to fix him. Yeah, like, I mean, he a Predacon Rhinox, as as I guess we're about to see, is a lot to deal with. And Yeah, and like maybe, like, maybe if he just wasn't so nonchalant about it, I wouldn't mind it so much. And I get it, yeah. like, this is this, this is co- this is cookie-cutter like media about yeah. like this is really normal. Like I'm, I'm, I'm being harsh on it here. That's because I have a platform to do it. <laughs> it's like <laughs> I, I've had, I have a problem with this in a lot of stuff. And like, and um, again, like I, 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 like there was this game called Remember Me. Have you ever played it? I've heard of it, I, but I, I haven't played I it. I stopped playing. I bought. I wish I had. I, I had, um, it was right before refunds happened, and I would have gotten a refund on it. And, and not because of gameplay or anything, I was fine with everything of that. But very near the beginning of the game, there's she's her power is that she can go into people's heads and edit their memories. There's a character who's trying to hunt her down because she's wanted and she's a bounty hunter and she'll make money for it. She needs the money to save her dying husband. The main character, who's the hero, goes into her head and makes her believe that her husband's already dead, and it's the fault of the bad guys. So she pretty much like invades her privacy insanely and makes her believe their husband's already dead, who could still be saved with the money that but, she would have gotten from capturing. But she's but he's but now she believes even if even if she did end up siding with maybe later she could have saved him. No, she, like she believes her husband's dead. He could have been saved, and this main character is, is altering this woman's memories for her own gain in such a perverse way that I I couldn't keep playing the game after that. And and I read a review to make sure. Sh- and I read a review to to see if it comes up again in the story. Because if it came up again and they dealt with it, I would have put. I would have went and played the game again. But it, it never comes up. Mm. It's just cool that she did that. 
I just, I just, I, I feel like, I feel like this is a, because it's a personal thing, and I, and I get yeah, why yeah. no one would be, no one would think about it this much that I have thought about I just, it. I just, I <laughs> as, as not, I, I don't feel like this is mind control. I feel like it is, um, and maybe it's, maybe this is, uh, uh, my humanocentric something something, but he's messing with the, with the thing, with the guys. Uh, basically, he makes him. More hostile, more aggressive. He brainwashed. I don't him, feel like he ever. Saying. I don't feel like Rhinox ever actually, like, like he he did he did you know feel like being a little bit tougher. But I don't think Rhinox ever actually was full Predacon. Like I don't think that the brainwashing worked, and I think that I think it did. Um, I think if he if he had won that, he would become the the new villain, and they would have had to fight him. But luckily, it gets it gets stuff happens, and I, I don't want to derail he, the, the episode anymore about this episode, subject. Though, I just to where he's fighting, where he's fighting Maximals, or he's back to being a Maximal by the time they show up, right? Yeah, he yeah. gets switched back by yeah. the time they bust through the the wall. But yeah, like, again, I don't want to derail the episode any further. It's just a thing that I've never been able to like kind of talk about on a platform about this trope that bothers me, and I and <laughs> I know that some other people on the podcast have like mind control kinks and there's nothing wrong with that it's a fetish and like they enjoy it in fiction that's cool but i'm but i'm saying like but i'm just saying that there's a bit more perversity to this to the mind affecting things that media doesn't really give attention to for i mean mm-hmm. i understand why it's a kid's show yeah but yeah but in, like in in the same vein i think it, it very could like i agree that that optimus's response is very I'll, I'll say uncharacteristic. Very, yeah, almost flippant. Um, I think maybe if he had voiced it in that we don't know if we rescue him now, we have no idea on how to change him back. So if we try, if we keep listening, maybe we'll be able to find out how we can change him back. Yeah, that's the thing is that he's so cool with it. Like he's so nonchalant about it. Yeah, but I think if he had brought up that point of we don't know how to turn him back, let's. Let's wait for right now to see if we can hear how we can turn him back. I think that would have been a better approach than what they yeah. had him do. Yeah. Well, I think one thing we can agree on here is that they should have written the episode better because really, <laughs> you, you guys have a took just took a completely different interpretation than what I than what I took, and I think I mean your 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 take on it is not like invalid. I think that it's that it's uh it's unclear enough that you can kind of interpret it the way you want. Like I see it as I see Optimus Primal as Rick Grimes in this situation, which I know like half of you guys don't, none of you guys follow walking dead. What you guys don't understand. But the, but the thing about Rick Grimes, like one of the comments is there's another character early in this, in the series named Shane, who's much more aggressive and, and stuff, but he's also crazy and wrong. All the time, like Rick Grimes, like he he has become more brutal over the last few seasons, uh, and 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 as the comic went on, because the situation called for that, and I kind of feel like that's how, at least that that's the intention here is that Optimus, Optimus can be reckless, can even do things that seem that seem maybe that seem like they're not the strategic right thing, but he's a good at thinking about stuff. And so he's going to make at the end of the day he's going to make the right decision, and so I think that's I think that's what the intention was here. But but obviously 
it's not clear enough. Uh, you know, you agree with the, with the with the not being able to change it back. I just think I just think that he that Megatron doesn't. You know, he's he figures that Rhinox is way more badass than he's ever sh- been shown in the show so far, mm-hmm. and Megatron doesn't realize it. So I can see it from that point of view too. Um, but I'm not discounting what what John is saying either. That the uh, like per, for me personally, I think. A lot of it could have been avoided if they had, like we had said earlier, if the writing had been better for the episode. <laughs> like, I, I think there's definitely some phrasing that could have been more wisely looked at. I'm but. expecting way too much for a show up for eight year olds. I'm just saying. <laughs> I mean, I think, John, I think to your point, if, if there had been a moment where Rhinox turned on the Maximals, like where. That, then, then I think your point would would be like it would be more clear that that was the intention. But since he's back to being normal by the time the Maximals show up, it's kind of kind of hard to uh, to interpret. Yeah, I mean, like, like I said, they just don't they just don't treat it with the weight that this kind of thing would deserve in reality. Like if you could go in and change things about someone's personality without the consent, that mm-hmm. be pretty messed up. And and again, it's a kids show. Whatever. Well, don't they're they? Not really thinking about that. Maybe I'm making this up, but don't they address that to some degree with Black Arachnia later in the series? Sort of. Sort of. Yeah. Because yeah. like her, I didn't. I didn't like, and again, like, I, I didn't bring it up with Black Arachnia because it was the bad guys being bad guys. You know. But they right. And and, and there's a and big. There, not to to jump ahead because this is like third season stuff that were that were sort of touching upon here, but there is a not so much a conflict, but there is discussion around that. And it's I think that in this in that instance, they address it much better than the way this episode it, it it's sort of an apples and oranges scenario. But I think they address it in that instance, like in the future, a lot better. So so we should get back to the episode. But, yes, but we should. Again, yeah, I will mention one last one quick time. No kink shaming here. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so we we cut back to the dark side, and we've got Rhinox and Megatron both riding on these little on the little platform things that they've got in the ship, and it's sort of alluded to that Megatron gave him a tour of the base. Uh, Rhinox sort of he says, nice little setup, Chief. I think I'm going to feel right at home. And Megatron's like, and now that you've toured our base to business. And then he brings up a image of the Axelon and comments about how Rhinox has intimate knowledge of their defense systems. And he's like, knowledge that, which will prove use most valuable. Yes. And then we get Rhinox asking, and what's in this for me? And Megatron's like, the satisfaction of having played a leading role in the destruction of your former comrades. And then Ronix goes, destruction. Yep, destruction is always good. <laughs> <laughs> so, just as Megatron's about to start, you know, going over the schematics, the, the screen shuts down. And he grumbles a little bit, and Rhinox's like, something wrong? <laughs> and Megatron's like there must be a malfunction in the image decompression protocol array and Rhinox is like gee hope it's under warranty 
<laughs> as much as I harped about it, I love evil Rhinox. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> some of the lines he has as yeah. as, as he's evil is just great. Yeah. Well, he's, I like, he's like a snarky, beautiful badass. I, I don't know. I kind of feel like he's the... I mean, I know that he, obviously he's got more different feelings and stuff but i mean that's really rhinox it's <laughs> yeah so so you know, oh i was just gonna say like a predacon i'm get i was about to say he was going he probably just thinks these lines all the time in in situations with his friends but then there's the fourth law of robotics so he would be saying it out loud <laughs> <laughs> right so it's um, like sorry go ahead. Uh, okay I, I was gonna say it's like when i my recent evil character in dvd D&D, he says all the snarky shit that I would want to say with some of my other characters that I just can't say because it doesn't fit those characters at all. So that's really, it kind of reminds me of that. It's really fun. So this is, this is one of the moments um, that uh, suggests to me that he's not actually evil um, because he does not, he does not give any information about the security of the maximal stuff to Megatron. Mm-hmm. Um and, and in fact, as we're going to the next scene where he goes and checks on uh Scorpionok, who has been apparently delegated to being the tech maintenance guy. Uh <laughs> he, he got he got demoted to being in the IT department uh now that Rhinox <laughs> is here, the new second in command. Uh and um the modem is missing. <laughs> yes. I guess it's a, it's a way to read it. I read it as more as this like he's trying to get uh, a leg up on Megatron, and that's he's not really worried about helping him at all. He wants to take him out, so he's not going to like waste time with that stuff. You that's how I took it. But you can tell to take it the way you are. You think Rhinox is happy that stuff was breaking that he wasn't working on? Well, <laughs> <laughs> well and as we see, because in, in this next scene, we've got uh, he goes he goes in and uh, and he runs into Scorponok, who he's like, "Hey, what you know? What's taking so long?" And Scorponok sees that the the piece is missing, and he crushes the piece, and then and then pushes the uh, and then pushes all the the stuff on there. Like, I feel like if his if his goal was actually to just lead the Predacons, there wouldn't be so much property damage involved. <laughs> like, I feel like he's he's kind of he's kind of in the base. And screwing with their infrastructure while he's in there. Do you think that there's some like small part of Maximal Rhinox that's trying to <laughs> to sort of guide Predacon Rhinox into I, doing all the bad I stuff? Think, I think he's I think he's a hundred percent like I think that it basically didn't work. Like that it that the that the the thing it did the physical changes and it maybe made him Maybe made him want to be a little bit more aggressive and a little bit um, more of a jerk, more edgy. <laughs> um, but I think that it's. I think he's from from moment one. I think that he is. He is. Uh, he's completely. It's. It's all. It's all him. Well, I was also. I'm. I. It also might be that uh, by turning his personality around like this, he basically instead of being uh, a team player and looking out for everyone and keeping to himself, he's now basically looking out for number one and he has to be the one on top, which means he has to get rid of anything that's in his way. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. So, as Kendall was alluding to, uh, we have Scorponok trying to work on some stuff. Rhinox uh, 
they're they're like these storage like these really big storage containers and he pushes this huge stack on top of him and Scorponok gets crushed like literally pancaked yeah like this is the most brutal thing that's happened on the show and this is the this is the dead the dead but not dead where it's like no he should be fucking dead like there's no way of they really should not be able to explain that away like it's so brutal like if, if there's any kind of like computer processing in their heads, that should just be demolished at this point, you know? Like, <laughs> no, I agree. It, it's, uh, I, I screamed Jesus Christ when I saw that. I was like, you, whoa. <laughs> you forgot to mention the line he says when he starts to t- turn him over because he doesn't, Scorponok doesn't realize that, uh, Rhinox had taken the modem and crushed it already. Oh, yeah. When he, he right. just, he just goes over to things and starts pushing them. And Scorponaut, not realizing that he's in danger, is like, hey, be careful over there. Oh, yeah. yeah. And Rhinox is like, oh, I'm being real careful. See, I'm on this side. <laughs> I'm going to fall that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that was pretty good. And so after he gets crushed, we then cut to... Uh, Megatron and Waspinator are both in the room. Rhinox is gone now. And Megatron's like, idiot, what have you done? <laughs> and we get this cute little line from Waspinator who says, the idiot does not respond, the idiot is comatose. <laughs> <laughs> and Megatron orders him to get him to the restoration chamber. So Waspinator starts dragging him along and manages to get him into the chamber. And just as he turns around, we hear, heads up. And... <laughs> Another I, I container just... is flung on a rope and smashes into Waspinator, and he starts buzzing all over the place. I, I just wanted to mention, when they find Scorfinoc, I just kind of love the scene of Megatron poking him as he's yelling at him. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which, this, uh, also, I want to say, so there have been several scenes, and I didn't, I didn't bring it up, I meant to, because this is the scene where Megatron finally does have his pincher. There were several yeah. scenes where he just doesn't have it. Yeah. Well, he yeah. lost it last episode. Yeah. <laughs> it's been rebuilt this whole time. <laughs> but like, so that then he can't cha- he can't change into a the T Rex form if he doesn't have that with him. Well, he I haven't seen him as a T Rex in this episode. He'd be like yeah, a Rottweiler like with with, a, with a, a cropped tail. He'd be like a T Rex I mean, with a cropped tail. He, he he's shown that he can take it off and he's like um he's at a computer console using it i think it'd be pretty hard to use it with that thing on his arm i think he just well, took yeah, it I mean, off yeah, i mean it's bit. because it's a bad Sets design it down beside but, him but uh like but like still it just is it, it's weird <laughs> excuse me bad, <laughs> sorry i don't know but i don't know why it bothered me uh you can keep we can keep going i just wanted to acknowledge that it bothered me he could okay. even just like if, if he'd have like had it like sitting next to his chair or something while he was on the console or so but it's just like not there at all <laughs> so um waspinator gets smacked he he's flung into a wall and then he starts buzzing around um we get terror who apparently was off in the distance and he saw all this happen and he comments, so this is the game. And then we cut back to Waspinator, who's like, destroy all Autobots, bots, bots, bots. <laughs> and is it Megatron who asks, what are you buzzing about? 
I think so. Yeah, hold I think, on. I think it was Waspinator, or no, Megatron. Yes, it was it was Megatron because he's standing there with Black Arachnia, and Waspinator's like negative, negative. I am Shrapnel Decepticon hero. Whoa, 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 whoa. And then we get Black Arachnia commenting about how that was a Decepticon from the Great Wars three centuries ago, and then she says he's wacko. He's like, Wacko, no, Wonko, Wonko the Sane. <laughs> but, yeah. So that was a right neat, be- little, neat little thing. Yeah, and that's where he yes. grabs her boob, too. Oh, yes. <laughs> I need to scroll back for this. <laughs> so so if, they're, if, if Waspinator is crazy, like, apparently, like, for, you know, he got bonked on the head and he's saying these crazy things. So he obviously would know uh, the like history of the Decepticons, um, and you know he sees himself as a. I guess you said that was an Insecticon. Yeah. 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 So he actually was a a, a a giant wasp. Like it makes sense. But like Wonko like the same. Yeah. So that means that means that uh, that he's also uh, that Waspinator is a fan of Hitchhiker's Guide. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Which would make sense. I mean, you know, people are going to be reading that 300 years in the future. So, and if there's some connection with Earth history or whatever, I mean, it would make sense that he would have read it. I'm going to suggest Sorry. that... Uh, that was me. That, oh. that <laughs> you know, the same canonically exists in the Transformers universe. Um, but at the same time, like, you know, I, 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 do think, I do think that he probably is a... He, it makes sense that he would be a Hitchhiker's Guide fan. Like, he's the... You know, he's kind of a nerd, kind of in the outcast of the of the group. You know, he probably he probably is a fan of Hitchhiker's yeah. Guide. Maybe you know, maybe he has a first edition of J- Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency. <laughs> <laughs> he's got the he's got uh, he imported the Pirate Planet on uh, the Doctor Who serial that Douglas Adams wrote. <laughs> <laughs> who do you think Who do you think uh, Waspinator's favorite Doctor is? Oh, mm. uh, I would say I only know the most recent three, four, four, <laughs> four. <laughs> ah. mm. I almost wonder if maybe the Tom Baker one. Well, to, I mean, the Pirate Planet was a Tom was Tom Baker, so mm. that would make sense if he's a Which fan of Adams. Yeah. Which one's the one with the celery? That is Peter Davidson. Mm. Um, he's, yeah, he could be, he's less grumpy than, I feel, I feel like, I, I, I only mentioned him cause he was well, in no, an episode. No, no. We're, not saying, we're not saying who's the, f- who, who, which doctor is Waspinator. Although that's a, a question of, of <laughs> I wasn't, I wasn't trying to say that. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, 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 I was, I was stream of conscious. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I think Tom Baker makes the most sense. Yeah. Either that or like maybe something like Christopher Eccleston because he also feels inadequate, like an underappreciated. Yeah, I can uh, see that. Feel like Christopher Eccleston is kind of a hipster answer. I was gonna say out of the <laughs> out of the four doctors that I know, I was going more towards Eccleston than the other ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Because like, yeah, I don't it's know. You're a hipster. Why? <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, getting back to the episode. No more yes. Doctor Who and all that stuff. <laughs> more related to the episode, I, yeah. it, I think we mentioned it earlier, but I think it's interesting that this is the first time they've actually mentioned Autobots Decepticons in the series. Yes. 
that was yeah, firmly cool. firmly puts it in uh, the same universe. Yeah, like they've alluded to it earlier. Yeah, yeah, but that was a dream sequence. Like and it was visual; and, you can miss it. Right. Yeah, like this is the they first time they've set, outright they didn't said call it. it Starscream. We just saw a thing that was implied. Yeah. And yeah. Same thing. Like the Great War is a vague enough term that I thought it was made up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yep. So. So from here we we cut to a hallway. We've got Rhinox sort of trudging down this hallway. He he's like stomping around everywhere in this ship. So it's not like it would be hard to find him if you were lucky. <laughs> you just gotta yeah. listen for for his for his footsteps. Um. So he he's in this hall and Pterosaur pops up in front of him and said, look who's here, our loyal friend. And Rhinox sort of plays innocent and it's like, is that supposed to mean something? And Pterosaur's like, deep six, the big wide eyes routine. You're trying to destabilize the whole operation so you can knock off Megatron and take over. Well, I got news for you, pal. I like this plan. (laughs) You and me, equal partners. (laughs) <laughs> what a fucking idiot. The <laughs> Monox is like, no, here's the deal. And then he literally yeah. grabs him by the neck and shoves him up against the wall and says, you're going to keep your big beak shut and do exactly what I tell you because one false move and you're a new fast food sensation, pterodactyl hot wings. Got it? <laughs> and he drops him and, and Pterosaur sort of squeaks out, got it? I have to imagine Pterosaur does not think his plans three seconds ahead of himself. Like, oh God, no. what did he think was going to happen? Mm. He's like, you're right. <laughs> you're so strong and cool, Pterosaur. <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally going to lie with you. So uh, I, I did some research uh, when the, about that line because I was trying to figure out if buffalo wings became were like super popular in 1996. I thought you were going to talk about the get it, got it good thing, because I remember that being in a commercial. Because I like, I, I feel like, I feel like, um, they were, they became like a, I mean, they were, they obviously existed. I looked up, they were made in the sixties when a place in Buffalo, New York accidentally got a shipment of too many wings and, uh, some stuff happened. Um, and then they became more and more popular over the years and then in the mid '80s, they were supposedly very popular across. You know, it was like a thing. But I feel like there was like a particular, like a fad. Like Pizza Hut started having buffalo wings in the in the mid '90s. I thought that was a thing, but I also may have just been, you know, a small child and only and you know, I wasn't around in the 1980s to see Pizza Hut having things. I also thought in the mid '90s that that was when Dairy Queen started having food, but that's wrong so i don't know i i did some research but i couldn't find a definitive answer okay well at least you checked and i appreciate you check so we we cut to um a scene it's sort of showing a security camera footage and we 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 see tarantulas and black arachnia both in their spider forms and both of them are hoisted up in their own sort of webs from the ceiling of this hallway. I would have liked to have seen that encounter. <laughs> it's funny because they're both sort of groaning and we then cut to, to Megatron who he's like, he's like tarantulas and black arachnia. These spiders have been poisoned. What's going on around here? 
Okay, so just just uh, interject here. Pizza Hut did start selling wings in 1995. I phrased it as that being the question. So that must have been because I feel like Pizza Hut was one of the first national chains to to introduce buffalo wings. Yeah, makes sense. I, I mean, that's just my feeling in my gut. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my feeling in my gut I'm getting from this conversation is hunger. <laughs> I love chicken wings. They're like one of my favorite foods. Yeah, they're good. Well, considering last episode, wasn't it last episode somebody ordered pizza after they were done? Yeah. I still want to do that. <laughs> I tried to money. Pizza, but it was closed. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> I think that was two episodes ago. Or maybe it was last episode. It was so long ago. It was two episodes ago because I listened to that on the cast, and I have not listened to the last episode uh, yet. Okay. Anyway, so so we cut back to the the Maximals who are outside, and they, they're like, "Oh, now I get it. Leave Rhinox in there and let him create total chaos." And Optimus is sort of discussing his line of thinking. He's like, "I was guessing that the transmutation would push his aggressive quote aggressiveness quotient." off the scales, and it looks as if I was, I guess, right. He does know a little bit about that. Mm. <laughs> Guerrilla warfare. Mm. <laughs> so, but then Dinobot then points out that there's just one problem. Megatron is no one's fool, and then Rattrap sort of pipes up, like, yeah, he's gonna put two, and toge- two together, and then what happens to Rhinox? <laughs> from there, we cut back, and Scorponok is now healed up. He's out of the, the restoration chamber. And he's explaining to Megatron what happened. And Megatron's like, it seems that I made a mistake by reprogramming the Maximal. But fortunately, this can be rectified. And he's like, it's time to bring this experiment and Rhinox himself to an end. And apparently, the Maximals were able to hear this. And they're like, we gotta move and fast. And then Ops is like, not yet. If we intervene now, we're facing seven Predacons. <laughs> Did anybody notice how Optimus held up his fingers? <laughs> he had the seven. He's like, it holds up. I, five. I do remember that. Yeah. He, he holds up five, and then he's got like one on each side of his hand that he's holding up. Yeah, he's doing like a Spider-Man type thing. Yeah. Without the without the thumb out. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, he he holds up the seven, and he's like, we're facing seven protocols, including Rhinox. And he's like, and and if we wait, we're facing or no Rhinox or Rattrap is like, and if we wait, we're facing six Preds. And a large collection of rhino bits. Uh. Yeah. So Dino, Dinobot's like, he's right. The game is over. Um, Notice how nobody suggests that they're going to be fa- facing six Predacons and one rogue agent. Yeah. <laughs> and they, they don't have a lot of faith in Rhinox because, I mean, like... Rhinox is pretty damn close to being the winner here. Yeah. Well, that's—I mean—that's what—that's what I'm saying. I think that I think that Optimus has faith in Rhinox to to a degree. I mean, yeah, you have a backup. Makes sense to have backup mm-hmm. yeah. once everything falls apart. Now, how their timing works out the way that it does is bad writing. But yeah. uh, other than that, yeah, the Dinobot essentially wants to go in now. And Optimus is like, no, I want it. We're gonna have Rhinox and Megatron have their this hand play out one more time with each other. He's like, we'll move in closer, but then we'll hold our position until I give the word. He's like, and that's an order. So we then cut back into the ship, and Megatron has found Rhinox, and Rhinox is in his Rhino form now, walking along this sort of gangway. 
And he's like, right. I think it's Ben. I love this it's fence that Rat Rat or Cheetor jumped into later earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. It might have been. But uh, so Megatron finds Rhinox, and he's like, Rhinox, such a pleasure to see you, Rhinox. Always a treat. And Rhinox is like, always a treat to see you too. <laughs> Megatron, like without me missing a beat, is like traitor. And Rhinox's like, "Yep, you got a point there." I love that part so much. He's like, "Yep, you got me." <laughs> oh, so shucks. good. Because so so that. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Because that's the that's the thing. I just I feel like if he was gonna if his if he wanted to lead the Predacons, he wouldn't take out all of the other Predacons. And then take out Megatron. Like he would just take out Megatron and then say, I'm the boss. Because that's how it works. We've seen Pterosaur do it a couple of times. Yeah. Like, I, I just. I, don't know. I Yeah. I, think, and I just really is... think that he's he's just. I mean, yeah, he's more aggressive. Actually, the guerrilla warfare metaphor is, is kind of apt here. Like, Optimus was like, I'm, you know, I'm pissed off. And, you know, because they made me mad. And uh, I'm going to direct that anger at, at that because uh, clearly, you know, that is the other attempt that they've made of uh, of mind control. And it didn't work that time either. Mm-hmm. So Predacons aren't very good at this. Yeah. Well, that's been okay, keep fun. going. Keep going. I'm just, you know, I'm just beating a dead horse at this point. <laughs> so Rhinox transforms and he says they're playing our song, Megatron. Time to dance. <laughs> Megatron. uh doesn't make because he got food poisoning. He says, "I'll sit this one out." <laughs> <laughs> he does actually mention that he's going to sit it out, and then we have Scorponok and Pterosaur on either side of Rhinox. They both transform. <laughs> Rhinox immediately turns to Pterosaur and says, "You're back on their side now." Gee, a guy can hardly keep track. And then we get sort of mm-hmm. Pterosaur looking kind of nervous. He's like, and Scorponok's he, like. He- he tugs at his collar. He doesn't yes, have yeah. a collar. Did I lose you guys? <laughs> no, we're oh. still here. Yo. Can you guys hear me? Yes. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Yeah. It sounded okay. like it sounded like you were gone for a second. Huh? Oh. oh. Well, glad to have you back and glad we're back. <laughs> <laughs> what, did you miss anything? Like collar you tugging? Said it, it, something about pterosaur and then it was gone. Oh. We, we, we use your recording usually, so maybe we should repeat those lines. <laughs> yeah, we were saying he, he, when he looks nervous, he tugs at his collar, but he doesn't have an actual collar. He's just tugging at his <laughs> neck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I noticed that as well. Yeah. So Scrobanov was like, what's he talking about? And then Terrasaur was like, don't listen to him. Rhinox is like, when I slagged you and Bug Eyes, he was watching and smirking. And I love how he just sort of <laughs> accentuates the smirking part. And Pterosaur's like, that's a lie. I think like, Ken... Sorry. I, I think Ken was living this earlier. The whole time Megatron's just standing there. Yeah. <laughs> letting this happen. <laughs> I feel like he's about to face palm. Yeah. I think he's just sort he of staring little... at it incredulously. It's like, oh my god, how are they this stupid? <laughs> I, I watch... I, I find that I... Find that I, I catch more things when I watch the show twice because I, I tend to be get distracted, uh, especially on the first viewing. And the first time I watched this, I was like, oh, is like Megatron, did he like disable Megatron? And and so Megatron's like stuck off to the side and then 
and then he's got to fight these two. It's like no, they're just Megatron's just standing there. Like he could have, he could at least be like shooting his gun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, there's no there's there's no reason that it has to be two against one instead of three against one except for that like he just assumes that two against one is going to be good even though he just freaking roided up Rhinox because I think I think that's the other thing that that ha- we haven't really brought up I think Rhinox got got stronger at least like as far as brute force and stuff uh, when they when they um when they when he became a became a Predacon. When they reprogrammed him, I think it. I think it bumped up some of the circuits that made him strong, or 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 willing to, you know, not not hold back and yeah. be a little more reckless or something. It's but more than the latter. Dangerous. Yeah. I would say more than the latter too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and like, but he, I mean, he doesn't have to shoot him. He can just be like, okay, okay, Scorpionok, Pterosaur betraying us is like. It's it's business as usual. Don't worry about it. Just <laughs> team up and get him. <laughs> We'll deal with that later. <laughs> you know, but I think I think it's because he he uh, he emphasized the smirking. Yeah, Orphanot yeah, just doesn't like that smirking. Yeah, apparently he, he's not a big fan of smirking because what we get is uh, <laughs> Scorpionok literally jumps up, flips over Rhinox, lands in front of Pterosaur, says he's a smirker <laughs> in like true Dragon Ball Z fashion, announces Mangle. And then headbutts Pterosaur. <laughs> and then Megatron, and as funny like, as these lines are, it, it's not animated very well either. Yeah. It's looks really uh, clunky and yeah, it's very everything's very really clunky. slow. And yeah. did you guys feel like the size was off in this? Like uh, Rhinox looks like he's about eighteen feet tall, and Scorpionok looks like he's about the size of an actual scorpion. Because yeah, like, usually Scorpionok is a little bit bigger than um, than Pterosaur. Mm-hmm. Scorpionok mm-hmm. is a fifteen dollar. Yeah, I think you're right. I think <laughs> I think Rhinox and Scorpionok should be about the same size, yeah. but he's definitely larger than Scorpionok here. Yep. Yeah. yeah, cause uh, and I, yeah, and I I feel like Scorpionok is bigger than than Pterosaur because they I mean you know I do jo- we do say the five dollar ten dollar toy thing, but like they do actually generally stick to kind of close to the size like like uh rhinox is smaller than optimus and megatron usually but, but yeah like mm-hmm. about the clunky combat one thing that's so weird about it is that earlier everything was so hectic and crazy and and now it's and it gets really hectic and crazy laser too but right now everything's moving so slowly like like scorpion reels back does a headbutt and it's all and then pterosaur kind of like reels back for a bit and then like it, it all happens like very slowly, like one action at a time. Yeah. It's not, it's not like as good as a lot of the other fights we've had. Yeah, and because it, it, even if they were like sort of grappling together or something, we still could have gotten the same outcome of what happened. Because what happens is, is Rhinox grabs both of them by the neck and then, in like true wrestling fashion, sort of smashes their heads together and then just drops them off the side of the. Ben While Megatron watches. Yeah. Yep. He's like, no, idiots, he's the enemy. <laughs> and Rhinox is like, well, what'd you know? I win. <laughs> and right uh, after- yeah, a- we didn't mention him shooting Megatron, did we? No, because he- right after he says this, that's when he pulls out his chain gun and then sh- and literally kneecaps Megatron. 
I thought the yeah. I win line was after that, but maybe I'm wrong. But I could have sworn yeah. before, but I I could be wrong. But either way, maybe he casts Megatron. Yeah, yeah, and like Megatron just stands there, like yeah. he watches <laughs> Rhinox beat them up, pull his gun slowly and point at him, and Megatron just stands like just, just waiting for it to happen. <laughs> so Megatron falls over. Uh, surprisingly enough, right next to the the device that made Rhinox like this. And sure enough, we get Rhinox landing on the platform of the device that made him like this. I'm sure everybody can see where this is going. <laughs> and so we get Rhinox. He he basically goes into a little ramble, saying reprogramming him was the worst mistake that Megatron ever made. Because now that he's a Predacon, he's just a little too crafty for him. And Megatron agrees. And, <laughs> and tells him he's still learning from him. Yes. Although we do get a little, we do get this funny little bit from Ronox. It's like, it's called Irony Sport. I oh, take shit. over and you head straight for the recycling bin. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and then, then we get Megatron saying, well, yes, I'm, I'm, you're teaching me a valuable lesson even now. And Ronox is like, oh yeah, what's that? And he's like, sometimes Predacons gloat too much. <laughs> <laughs> And he, he somehow manages to angle a beam that he shoots out of his gun that reactivates the machine. Yeah, it, it seems to bounce off of something that he had set up. Yeah. And ricochets. Yeah. Yeah. But the, the machine activates, it zaps Rhinox again, and that turns him back into a Maximal. And he's like, oh, what happened? <laughs> and Megatron is uh, this Maximal buffoon, and then he just, bam, just shoots him. When he could have done that before... <laughs> just shoots him straight in the chest. And he's like, you thought you'd outwit me? <laughs> and right... So, oh, sorry, so this th- this moment, I watched that and I was like, man, Rhinox is really outsmarting him. Because this is because that's basically what I think what I think was his goal. Was he, he wanted to, you know, he, he, he didn't want to still be a Predacon. You know, he's still like totally in control. But he has to, you know, he has to sort of deal with the tools that he's given. Mm-hmm. So he takes out almost all the Predacons and then tricks Megatron into turning him back. Because, yeah, I'm you know. trying to see what you're saying, yeah. I mean... Because he is smart, and why is he standing in the middle of his machine? Yeah. Like, you're, you're right, like... Yeah. But yeah, so just as right after Megatron does that, uh, there's a big explosion, there's a hole in the side of the ship, and all the Maximals have transformed now. And they rush in, uh, Dinobot, or no, uh, Waspinator, Waspinator is like, Decepticons, attack, attack. Yeah. <laughs> and then he says, the more than meets the eyes, eyes. <laughs> we well, get... that, that's after he gets clonked down and he yeah. kind of crashes. Oh, yes, that's right. And we actually get Cheetor actually hitting something with a shot and actually, you know, doing damage for once. Cheater has this look of what the fuck, and then just shoots him. <laughs> <laughs> like, so, so I want I, I want to say Waspinator it, when he first said destroy all Autobots when he was like flying around and stuff. The first time I watched it, I was like, because this is the other reason that I watch it twice is because I usually don't pay very much attention the first time I see it. Um, but like, I was like, did I miss did I miss something? Is that just bad writing? Did the writers forget that it's not just that it's not Autobots? <laughs> then I realized it was you know that he's saying that he was the thing. But like, that's 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 where I was holding the regard for a lot of the write, uh, writing in this episode. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> Except for the the Rhinox story arc, which apparently I like totally deconstructed and and did not and and took a took a completely different direction than everybody else. So <laughs> it was not a, like a, this Rhinox stuff is like I was not attempting to do like a crazy fan theory. Like that's it's like really how I how I interpreted what happened. It's just oh. really interesting to me that you guys did not <laughs> that you guys did not see it that way. Oh. Well, I, I kind of see what you're saying now, but I still have my thing of like he's still got his mind altered. Right. I think yeah. I mean, our our argument our, our argument was about Optimus's reaction and whether that's in character or not. And so I mean, yeah. which I think is is a is an even more apt disagree is an even more relevant disagreement. But it's it's a uh, it's just really interesting that that like I just totally a hundred percent saw this as one interpretation of the trope and you guys saw it as the other interpretation of the trope. <laughs> and and it's because it was bad writing because they didn't make it clear like they should have either <laughs> yeah. yeah, they should have either if he was really evil, they should have had him do something that was actually evil or if he's really good, then they should have uh, you know, had him show mercy on something or something. Yeah. Maybe maybe had a second um a second Maximal get captured and he doesn't kill them or you know, intentionally, or, or the Maximals show up before he gets turned, and then he says, "Like, I'm still working for you guys, or whatever. I'm just being an asshole." <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It could have been like a scene been... like we had where where Rattrap had been taken. He was supposedly on the other side. We could have had something like where maybe Rhinox was faced with the idea of having to shoot Rattrap or another one of the Decepticons, and then takes out the Decept or not. Nah, God, no, I'm doing it. <laughs> Not a Decepticon, a Predacon. Um, but yeah, he could have taken out the Predacon instead of Rat Trap and been like, oh yeah, I'm still on your side. It's just, you know, this programming is really hard to, to fight and whatnot. Maybe we're just getting next level. Maybe it's the next level. Maybe it's meant to be a gray area. <laughs> <laughs> Not meant to know. It's like... Uh... Like, like just like just like in Doubt, where you don't know whether Philip Seymour Hoffman's character really did molest the boys. Uh. Not quite there. <laughs> Not quite there. I think I think that it's pretty much established that this show is a mix between the newsroom and Doubt. <laughs> exactly that. I mean, that was like, that was like, that's like my pitch when I talk to people about, I'm like, I do this podcast about this show. It's basically a mix between, um, like <laughs> a kind of Oscar bait movie mixed with like an HBO or Showtime drama series. But it was, uh, it's about robots that turn into animals that are toy accurate. And, uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a CGI show from the nineties that was on at six thirty in the morning in syndication. <laughs> That's that's my I mean that's my elevator pitch. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I was going to point out because this will come in important later in the scene when when they do take out Waspinator he still is flailing his gun and actually shoots it at the machine. Yes. Yeah. He shoots the machine and it starts to overload. Um, we then get uh, Dinobot and Scorponok. They sort of start getting it's into hard. it. And- I want to like uh, detail something here. They 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 show Dinobot throw his like drill sword yeah. at uh, Scorponok, but when he's throwing it, it's like in slow motion. Mm-hmm. So when I saw, I thought maybe a magnet, 
a magnet thing was happening that was like taking his weapon out of his hand because it does not look like he's throwing it. No. It looks like he's like, oh, I have to let go of it because of how slow it's happening. It doesn't, and, and obviously they were going for a slow motion thing, but it does yeah. not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, it really doesn't turn out well. It, the The entire fight scene just seemed really janky. Oh, yeah. Uh, it kept switching back and forth between scenes. Some of the scenes were almost repeating. And and then we get the scene with Megatron and Optimus. And Optimus Growling at each other. Yeah, the growl. And <laughs> Optimus pulls out his swords and he starts swinging them around. And then we get the little Indiana Jones scene where Megatron just sort of zaps him and he falls over. Yeah. And then the other, other Indiana Jones... Doesn't he, like, Jones... jump at oh, him? No, that's a little, little later. Later. Yeah. The first is Optimus swinging his swords around while staring at Megatron. Megatron's just like, boom, shoots yeah. him. Yeah, and then it cuts back to Dunno. And, and, Optimus, and then Optimus says, why didn't you do that earlier when, uh, when <laughs> on the ledge? Yeah. It, yeah. It seems really dark and stuff, too, and I'm watching in a lower quality, and it, it was really, really hard for me to follow. Yeah, because we, we then cut to um, back to Dinobot and Scorponok, and Dinobot sort of this up. part's cool. He he, he picks up <laughs> Scorponok and uses his his rotor to sort of like start smacking his head, and he's sort of is he like crushing it or? I think he's like think... slowly chipping away at it. Like yeah. this is like again, this is a cool part of the fight where it's really brutal and like this this show is continuously. Like, I don't know why it's still it still surprises me when I see these like brutal actions happening. And the, what they can get away with because they're robots. Yeah. And this is the other Indiana Jones reference where it's like the guy being pushed into the rotor. Oh, yeah. yeah you're right. right. Yeah. 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 So after this happens, it cuts back to Optimus and Megatron again. And this is. Uh, this Kendall is where we get the, the weird scene with the jump. Yeah. <laughs> Which, uh, which I watched it twice, and in this part, both times I was like, "What is happening?" <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, Optimus is running towards Megatron. Megatron falls onto his back because he knows that Optimus is going to jump onto him. And as Optimus lands, he he lands on Megatron's feet, and Megatron kicks him up in the air, and then zaps happens again, and then shoots him. And it's really, really janky the shooting animation because he like. When he shoots him the first time, he goes up a bit, moves like to the right, falls a little bit. He shoots him again, and he moves up a bit. And I could see what they were going for, but it just looks really weird. Yeah. Like it doesn't move naturally, and no. yeah, not at all. And then, then we get a scene where Megatron is coming up on Optimus. He's getting ready. To, it looks like he's sort of getting ready to finish him off. Oh my god! Cheetor's this part. Like, Optimus. <laughs> And then Optimus, for whatever reason, somehow manages... Or, no, Megatron's like, it's gonna blow. Something to that effect. And then Optimus manages to cut off his arm. Yeah. <laughs> that was kind of cool, yeah. though. Yeah, it's, yeah. Just, like, there's some, it's so weird, this, this, this show, this episode, because it's like, there's some really good writing, and there's some really bad writing. There's some really bad fighting, and there's some really good fighting. Like, it's... <laughs> It's very weird in that sense. Yeah. I almost have to wonder if they had like a secondary director that they didn't credit for this episode. <laughs> we had a little bit less budget for this episode. I don't know. 
Yeah, they blew their budget on the last couple episodes. Because, like, most of the fight, Optimus is fighting like an idiot, and he doesn't usually do that. He's usually really good. <laughs> but yeah, so we, we then get... Uh, so after he cuts off the arm, Megatron's sort of like, and the machine's starting to overload. Megatron's like, Predacons, take cover, and Optimus is like, Dinobot, grab Rhinox, and let's go, go, go. And that was a really weird line in itself, too. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Dinobot, grab Rhinox, and let's go, go, go! It's, and, it's not, let's not let's roll out by any yeah. means. <laughs> and, and, and I don't, yeah, that's a, that's a, that didn't sound like something that Optimus would say. No. No. So Dinobot initially is, is arguing with him, saying, no, this is our chance to take command of the base. And Optimus is like, that's an order. Base is about to blow up. <laughs> And Rattrap's like, yo, everybody out of the pool. I liked that line. Yeah. yeah. I feel like that's the thing that he would say. Also, you know, this is this is a base that they've already completely ransacked for parts. Yeah. More reason that the plan last week was dumb. Uh they've already taken all of the all of the parts with any value out of it completely. <laughs> so this is basically just like a shelter with some with some computers that uh, yeah. Scorpidoc built. I mean, the base got fucked up when Optimus came in Guerrilla Warfare. It got fucked up, like, the, the episode where they blow it up themselves. Like, it, this, I can't believe this base is even, like, intact anymore. It's been blown up, <laughs> like, so many times already. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's been yeah, it has been blo- yeah, it has been had lots of lots of damage to it. And I mean, literally last week they 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 took everything of value out of it. Like that was yeah. Uh, I I don't I don't, whatever. It's okay. But it just doesn't seem like it's of strategic importance other than it's where the Predacons live at this point. They live in like an abandoned warehouse essentially at this point. Yeah. <laughs> I mean they they got some basic they've got some basic computers that probably they didn't get that they didn't take because uh they were they were redundant to what the Maximals already have, but yeah. And then and then yeah, and then yeah, it's like it blows up and it's like to the maximals, it blows up so bad that they have to evacuate. Mm-hmm. But to the Predacons, it blows up so that as long as they're under a table, they're fine. Pretty yeah. much. Yeah. Which is a little bit a little bit odd and another just another example of sort of the maximals not being able to push their advantage. Yeah. Yeah, because we get a little exchange between Megatron and Pterosaur where Megatron's like Oh, I'm very unhappy with you and Pterosaur's like, oh, it's not my fault. He's like, I can explain. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't he just say I'm very unhappy right now? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very, Which I actually kind of like that indeed. as well. <laughs> yeah. So from here, we then cut to a scene. It, it's a close-up on a flower, and then we hear Rhinox breathe in, and it sort of zooms out, and we have him in his rhino form. He's smelling the flower. And he's like, ass. isn't he like sprawled out? Yes. Yeah. I love how they're all just chilling. Yeah. Taking it easy outside because they, yeah. the, they know the Predacons are going to be uh, busy for a bit. <laughs> recovering. This, in this scene, just the, the like, it just looked terrible to me. Yeah. <laughs> like, it just, it just, I, I don't know if they, because a lot of the backgrounds and stuff in this episode are different. From where where they've had you know it's not been just the desolate landscape it, it wasn't like the just the desolate landscapes that 
were in most are in most of the show. Mm-hmm. They're in a green area, yeah. Yeah, it just looked so bad. Like it looked like, yeah, like bad, bad, a bad Final Fantasy game or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, the the final scene we get. Uh, uh, Ronix is like, oh, this is heaven. And they're all like, oh, it's good to have you back. And so they ask what it was like for Ronix being a Predacon. And he alludes it to as, it's like your three gigabytes of attitude on a two gig hard drive. I love that part so much because it's like my computer I'm on right now is 111 gigabytes on my on my solid state drive. And my other one's two terabytes. <laughs> like... <laughs> And that's and this is because that's a, although I was thinking like, like gigabyte like so, like I had a a pen, the Pentium that uh, we had when I was young with two hundred and thirty three megahertz had like a four point five gigabyte hard drive so it was like in the neighborhood of that and that was like three or four years later. Yeah. So I think that when he said the two gigabyte hard drive with the the five and a three gigabytes, they were highballing it for the time. Like they, yeah. yeah, they were they were trying <laughs> to say something that sounded like it was huge, mm-hmm. but <laughs> but like uh, technology was advancing so quickly in the nineties that that just quickly became just you know about right. Well, what's super funny about it is that they, is that is that they usually use bullshit terms and it avoids that. But this is like gigabytes. Like it's a thing we know about that actually exists. Like it's kind of funny that they just Well, and they even ma- they even make up megacycles, which is literally megahertz. Yeah. Yeah. Uh so it's so it's just it's a really interesting time. It's kind of like um in Star Trek uh Next Generation Data talks about how um how many um he says how many bits of information he can process. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. it's like it's it's a number I can't I don't remember the exact number but like if you converted it to units of measurement that you would actually use it's like actually a number that's a very large number but like he talks about being able to compute you know this many bits of information not bytes but bits yeah apparently he's a he's making a, a video he's a video game console from the nineties <laughs> yeah. So the the last thing that Ronox says is a, after the two gig comment, he says, "No wonder they got personality problems." And so it starts zooming out because all the Maxwells are laughing at that joke, and we see Dinobot sort of a little bit away from them. They're all laughing, and he just sort of Optimus like straight up throws his arms in the air and falls on his stomach laughing. Yes. Yeah. And Ryan, and uh, Dinobot just sort of you know flexes his velociraptor hand and just sort of shakes it. He's like, oh, you assholes. (laughs) 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 Casual racism. (laughs) 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 It's so good. So good. Right, guys? Casual racism. It's great. Love it. (laughs) You know what? This look, look, the look of this scene, though, it reminds me, I'm going to be even more specific. It reminds me of the cut scenes from Crash Team Racing. <laughs> like we're like Coco Bandicoot is like sitting on her laptop and the and and uh, Crash is like asleep under a tree, like that's what this scene looks like. And those and that looks and that game looks pretty good uh, for a you know a PlayStation One video game, but compared with compared with what how this show normally looks, mm-hmm. it's just it just looks so bad. Yeah. Yeah. 
I think that's part of why they go with a bit of a darker lighting in the in the later seasons. It's probably because it didn't it, like I found that the anything in sunlight didn't look that good, but when it was darker, right. it had. A, I mean, it, it looked better. They probably thought it looked great back then. Yeah. Oh, what they would know now. <laughs> anyway. Well, they yeah. may have also been. I mean, they may have also been experimenting with these early in this early season and f- still figuring out what looked good and what looked bad. And yeah, they could get away with looking a little bit not the best because they still looked like it was computer animated, and that was really all that mattered. Yeah. Damn. There's the episode. Not a great one. Not a great one. No, it was, it was really weird. Like, there's parts that I really liked and parts that I disliked immensely. Mm. Yeah. yeah. It's like, if this if this episode had been better, then it could have been one of my favorites. Because I really liked Evil Rhinox. Yeah, totally. It and- could have been a really good episode. And that was a big, I mean, it was a big part. Rhinox taking down the Predacons from the inside was a big part of the episode. Um, but it was just like, yeah, I mean, it was just sort of bookended by bad action scenes. Yeah. You know, something that comes to mind, because we've now seen, we've seen Rattrap sort of take out everybody. We've seen Optimus take out everybody. We've now seen Rhinox take out everybody. I don't think Cheetor's really taken out everybody. No, Cheetor gets captured. Yeah. Well, Cheetor took see. out, like, Scorpinox, Waspinator, and, like, yeah. I don't know, he's taking stuff out. Not all at once, I guess, but... Yeah. So. And he didn't, like, he didn't... And when he when he fought them, he was it was a struggle, as opposed to just totally dominating the way that, uh, the way that Optimus sure. and Rhinox yeah. did. Yeah. But we haven't really had the, the Dinobot taking on everybody episode but for the most part that was the first episode yeah (laughs) well that was more of him trying to take on uh megatron and optimus yeah but yeah but i mean like technically if they decided to go all out three of the maximals could take out all of the predacons which i i think it's kind of an interesting dynamic they've shown the the uh, Predacons are very bad at actually taking them out for good, mm-hmm. but are very good at capturing them. Yeah. <laughs> while while the, the while the Maximals are terrible at trying to capture them, but give them a chance and they'll totally rip through them. So so that's like the and and that's the reverse of the goals. Yeah, exactly. Want to kill them all. <laughs> like the Predacons want the, the Maximals dead, and the Maximals want to capture and take them back to trial. It's a weird dynamic. <laughs> well, this week uh, we might as well move on to some questions, or rather, a question. Um, we only Before we get to the question, yes, I want to do a shout out to um, Daniel Schrader, who um, I was listening to an earlier episode and noticed um, he noted that we were talking about whether or not Doctor Who and Transformers existed in the same world, and apparently, there's proof in the Marvel comics. Um, apparently Starstream was monitoring some human radio signals and he uh, got a call he intercepted a call from the doctor I'm not sure how that went, I'd like to see that <laughs> and um, there's also a character named Octus from the comics which is apparently, his alternate form is a Dalek, like literally yeah. so, 
that's pretty crazy. <laughs> which, which I will I will say I like read a couple sentences from that character's bio in the TF wiki or something, and it sounds like he's from like a parody issue. But still, still, still. I mean, it might still be <laughs> comic canon, non-canon, memory beta stuff, whatever you want to call it, legends. Um, I don't know what term. But yeah, I guess yeah, it's non-canon, canon. Whatever the whatever the whatever the the levels of canon, however they work with uh with Transformers. I know how they work with uh Star Wars and Star Trek. Actually, I do have one other shout out because we got a uh, a comment from, I, and I apologize if I mess up the name on this, uh, Ryuichi uh, on Twitter. Uh, she says, yay, my favorite thing to play when I have insomnia. And she apparently means that in the nicest possible way she swears. So apparently she means the episodes when she can't sleep. So we appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, Ryuichi. that's good because one episode does get you through an entire night. So, <laughs> for the most part, yes. But yeah. so, yeah. Moving on to to our one question this week, um, it's from Zach with TWA, and he says he uh, makes mention of the the recent uh, Megazord announcement for the new Power Rangers movie, and it made him think about what he mm-hmm. considers essential and non negotiable for a Zord design. And his question for us is, what are things that we think a Transformers design has to have or it doesn't work? And it could be Beast Wars or traditional or just overall. Jeez. Mm. Oh, and Joel wanted to pipe as well and say, and we can't get away with stopping at robot that turns into something else because then (laughs) fucking robots are on the table. Um, uh, the Decepticon and Autobot insignias are literally all I can think of because I mean, like, there's been yeah, so many different versions of them now. Like, I, I and even Transformers amongst each other do not look alike at all. Like, I mean, Bumblebee does not look like Jazz, does not look like Optimus, does not look like. I mean, I guess like ha- have clear have clear things on their robot forms that show their other form, like tires or wings or or in in the case of um. Beast Wars, fur, animal heads, teeth. Yeah. I mean, like clear, like clearly what they are in their other form. Yeah, like in robot form, you can tell what they're supposed to look like as a as a vehicle, yeah. or yeah. or animal, or whatever they decide to change into. And I, I like what what John was saying about the symbols too. And I, I think like I was looking it up like. In Transformers Animated, the symbols actually had, like, variations on the Autobot symbol to, like, donate, like, ranks or squads or stuff as well. And I'd like to see more of that. Like, you know, uh, because because they're an exploration team, maybe their Maximal symbols would have something special about them compared to the others who, who have Maximal symbols, you know, that kind of thing. So, so to me, the most important thing for Transformers, and it's odd that I'm saying this because I think this only applies to Transformers, which I guess is the point of the question. Uh, I need them to be toy. I, I want them to be toy accurate in the sense that I want the, and they don't like not literally because I'm not gonna, you know, we've lo- we did look up the this what the spiders looked like. In their toy and versus what uh, this is the show and stuff, but like I th- like if you look at Beast Wars, I think the ones that work, 
Like I think Megatron really works because yeah. you because he is modeled after the toy, so you can kind of see how he transforms. You know, same thing with Rhinox and uh, and Optimus. Um, I think that Pterosaur doesn't work as well. No. I think Black Arachnia um, doesn't work as well because they're they're definitely like it's like a, a shape shift. It's more shape shifty, and that's I mean that's why I don't like the look of the Michael Bay Transformers. They don't have as many kibbles. Is that what you called them? Yeah, where you're yeah. Where you see the parts of the thing, but also like they don't look like they're transforming. They just look like they're um, junk. Like they're yeah they they just look like they're they're uh, you know re- rearranging their atoms. It's more like a morph <laughs> than a, trans- uh, a transform. I guess one thing I'll say is, is like um, one thing I, I just like about the Michael Bay Transformers the most is the lack of color. There's so much gray going on, <laughs> yeah. even in Transformers that are, are have colors. Mm-hmm. So I, I say like have some clear color balance in them. That's just general for every design, I guess. But still. <laughs> And not mm-hmm. just a fucking fire design. That's that's one mentioning the mega yeah. the um the the Megazord is what's the thing I hate about that design the most is the lack of color. Yeah. Like it yeah, it kinda looks a little goofy, but the thing I dislike it, it's mostly gray. There's like a little bit of pink, uh blue and yellow and red. There's a little bit. That's but mostly it's gray. I, I think there's another toy <laughs> that's supposed to be like the like, because we saw the the announcer for the, the T-Rex sword that was, like, really quite red. I think those separate toys are still supposed to combine together. And I think they found... Doesn't make any- like, I think they found a Megazord from those combiners. Because I think the, the, the first picture that we saw is, like, a sort of... It's, like, a cheaper version of it. So it doesn't have quite as much color. But I think the other yeah. one does have a bit more, but not... Not, I don't think to the degree that that what you would want there, John. But I, I'm guessing that the the one in the movie looks more like the other one, yeah. and not like the one that looks like toys, which I think is a problem too. Like the one in the movie should look like the toy that your toys turn into. Like it's, they should look the same. Like ah, <laughs> well, it's, yeah, it's a good point. <laughs> so yeah, there's I'm, only one question for the week. Oh, I was going to say, I think another thing might also be the whole faction thing, too. You know, uh, like, you know, Maximals versus Predacons, Autobots versus Decepticons. And, like, it does, it seems like there's, there's, I mean, it seems small, but, you know, it does seem like that that's an interesting dynamic that sometimes they can forget. You know that oh yeah, it's not just robots that transform. There's two factions that are are with different ideologies. Uh huh. Right, as opposed to like, because um, like I've I've dealt I like thought for five minutes about trying to collect Power Rangers action figures a few months ago um, with the uh, Legacy line and everything, and it's like with that you're either you're you're you've got the Power Rangers and then you've got like maybe like the moon crew or the equivalent and, or like the mon or like random monsters of the week that are figures, but it's like not as, but there's not as much depth in the, 
in the in the character development of the villains as you are as you do when you have these two factions where there's you know I mean that's the thing that I like about Beast Wars I don't I mean I don't know if how much it applies to other versions but like I really do like that there are there are just as if you're looking at the toys there are just as many Predacons as there are Maximals yeah yeah that's usually the the same with the other yeah and you get like like we were saying earlier, there's there are two separate factions. There's there's distinctions between the two, and there's personalities between the two. But yeah. or like like in the Michael Bay movies, neither of them have personalities. <laughs> yeah, and and I mean, usually they also have a thing where like like in in Beast Wars, the the Maximals are mammals and birds, mm-hmm. and the the Decepticons are insects and reptiles. And insects, yeah. And then in the original, it was like, uh, well, um, the Decepticons are like military vehicles and planes, and then the, the Autobots were cars and like utility cars mostly. Which seems really dumb to me. Like, like I, I, I feel like I even noticed this as like a kid, but like the the Decepticons have guns and stuff when they're in their, you know, when they're in their. In disguise form, the Autobots do too. <laughs> a lot of they, they don't they don't look like they do, but like a lot of times, a gun will pop out of the top of Optimus's car and like start shooting. <laughs> like it's not yeah. it's not apparent that they have guns, but they totally do. Okay, like yeah, they and and be better at hiding. And then and the but yeah. but what you're saying is kind of a plot point in Transformers Animated is that the Autobots are they clearly are inferior to Decepticons in terms of firepower. Like two Decepticons take out the entire Autobot team in, like, the first season because, like, they're that much more powerful than, than Autobots are, and it's kind of a thing. But that's um, that's just that one series. Yeah. And I really like it. Yeah, I mean, if, if, and if it's well-written, it's well-written. Like, I'm not gonna... I, I can't, you know, I, I can't fault... Uh, I, I, will, I read Superman comics and I read Batman comics, and I've read bad Batman comics and good Superman comics, even though Batman's uh, you know, sort of thought of as having a more interesting uh, concept of a character mm-hmm. than Superman. You can yeah, still I, write I, good I, stories I hate about when people. Superman. Yeah, I hate when people say Superman's not interesting or like overpowered. I'm like, yeah, there's good Superman stories out there. Like, don't yeah, yeah, don't dismiss him just because he's like invincible or whatever. Like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, or, yeah. We're on this. We're on the same page there. But yeah, that's. I, I think that's that's what I was. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. But still, it's to, the gut reaction though of like, there's a there's one team that has a bunch of tanks and fighter jets, and the other team has like a car and another kind of a car. <laughs> it's uh, you know, it at at very least it seems like the one team is more interesting than the other. But have you listened to our bonus episode? <sighs> no, I didn't. Okay, because I just I just don't want to repeat a bunch of stuff that I said in the bonus episode of the show. <laughs> okay. But you okay. should you should listen to it so you know what I'm know what I'm thinking about that series. <laughs> All right, I will listen to it. Right. So yeah, there's our there's our question for this week. Uh, does anybody have anything they wanted to plug this week? Um, as per usual, I am John Dar seven two six on Twitter, Instagram, and Twitch, and although I'm not sure how much twitching I'm going to be doing, it hasn't really turned out that well. I think I need to get an audience. Before I start streaming, other than just doing it, it's kind of awkward just being like, I'm broadcasting and no one's watching. <laughs> and uh, yeah, but I mean, it's a, it's understandable. Uh, 
And um, and my Tumblr is dangerchair.tumblr.com. Anything else you guys want to um, plug? Yeah, uh, so by the time this episode posts, uh, my album, Daltry Lane, will be available on uh, kendallhallman.bandcamp.com, I think is what we decided the URL was last week. <laughs> yes. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a thing uh, that I've been working on, and... Uh, in in podcast time, I will be finishing up and posting it. Uh, I will be finishing the mixes and probably posting the episode the, or the episodes, the songs one at a time tomorrow night. If you want to like be super in real time, or the official release is Wednesday. Uh, but if you're listening to this podcast, then that means that has already happened. So uh, just go download it, and uh, also follow me on Twitter. I think I tweeted some this week. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I'm being more present on social media and read my teenagers with attitude fan fiction on the teenagers <laughs> with attitude Facebook page. It's probably a few things down now, but, uh, you know, you said it's not fan fiction. It's from you from the future. Oh, yes, yes, that's true. I did get an email from myself uh, or, well, I don't know if it was myself, somebody claiming to be future Kendall with a, uh, transcript of a future episode of teenagers with attitude, uh, the the file was corrupted, so I was only able to uh, to uh, salvage the first page. But uh, you can read that, and you know, get a get a sense for where the teenagers with attitude folks are going to be in five years. And, and I'll I'll bump I'll, <laughs> yeah, I'll bump the thread on Saturday to make sure people can see it. <laughs> okay. Sounds good. And I the only thing I have to plug is uh, the the Nexus Nexus Larf uh, rules concept. Uh, since they kind of are along all the anime cons along the East Coast these days, there's a, usually a LARP going on, and if they're and it's usually using Nex, the Nexus system, a lot of fun. I highly I highly endorse it. Cool. Also, yeah. we have like a huge character database. It's <laughs> kind of ridiculous. Uh, I guess I want to do one more thing. Is uh, and that's the thing about it earlier when we we're talking about our 56k modems um, and all that stuff. D Comedy, who Lucas um, is on, and he was on our bonus episode. Check them out because I started listening to them, and they're really funny, like really funny. Yeah. And there's um first episode, it was pretty it, good. It, and in the first episode, there's a whole plot device. There's a whole plot point about um his about the internet and the phone, like yeah. being in contest with each other. It's a huge <laughs> plot point in the movie. So I made me think of it earlier. But yeah, it's really good. It's really funny. Lucas is really funny, and also his sister is freaking hilarious. <laughs> like, uh, I don't want to—I mean, go off it too much, but Lucas is a really like chill, nice guy, and then his sister's super vulgar, and it's a really good mix. <laughs> so yeah, there you go, folks. It's been another week. Uh, as always, <laughs> feel free to to reach us uh, online at audioentropy.com. That's where the where the episodes are always posted to. Uh, and feel free to, you know, follow us on Twitter. We're at Warren Beast, and of course we're on Facebook. If, uh, if you search Warren Beast Podcast, we're on there. And if you ever want to send us an email with questions or comments or criticisms, what have you, uh, the email is WarrenBeastPodcast at gmail dot com. Uh, so for this week, uh, for Warren Beast, I've been Greg. I've been John. I've been Jordan. And I've been Kendall. Let's roll, folks. 
Hold stick near center of its length. Moisten pointed end in mouth. What? Insert <laughs> in toothpaste. Blunt end next to gum. Use gentle in-out motion. You're talking about a toothbrush. <laughs> well, actually, those That's... are the toothpick instructions that oh, convinced Blanco that mankind in general was crazy. 